You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Hey guys, Chris here. Here's a shout out to all our subscribers. You're what keeps oneofus.net up and running. And we've got so much coming for you, including more video versions of the reviews and shows, commentaries, and, because it seems like a lot of you may not always check the front page, contests all the time for subscribers to win big prizes. Like right now, we've got the complete Twilight Zone on Blu-ray, up to win for one lucky Time Lord or above subscriber. And I'm doing this... I'm extending the contest date till the second week week of February. More time to enter, more time to win, and new contests will be going live next week. Keep your eye on the front page of oneofus.net for regular new chances for us to say thank you to the subscribers who keep us running. Welcome to the Screamcast, episode 126. I am Sean DeRager, and with me is Brad Henderson. I'm sick as fuck. <laughs> Alright. We're going to try to get that on the DL, and you're going to do like the performance of a lifetime, like Oscar-worthy podcast performance. People are going to know, man, Brad felt like shit, and this <laughs> performance is so good. Uh, BJ should be joining us shortly, and then uh, Mike Delaney from the Splat House, produ- uh, Splat House Productions. Splatcast. No, this podcast, Mike D. Podcast will be joining us a little bit later. Uh, we will be talking uh, after what's on our doorstep about our top five discoveries of 2016. Uh, we're gonna be talking about Mill Creek's release of Band of the Hand, and then VHS. Oh my God, we have Summer Camp Nightmare, and for Scream Streams, we have Fresh Kill. So we'll be getting to all that in just a little bit. But first, let's jump into what's on our doorstep. Oh, shit. Holy cow. I almost forgot. We'll get the door. Pizza. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. You got some stuff? I got some stuff. I'm bringing up Letterboxd right now. Here's the cool thing, man. I haven't logged anything, and I don't have anything prepared. I don't have anything in front of me, so I'm just going to fucking wing it. You know, it's surprising because you think that, oh, man, Brad wings it all the time. But no, man, it's like I usually have that stuff prepped a tiny bit. I got nothing. All right. I got nothing this time, Sean. So, all right. I, I, have well, a hand, I have a handful of stuff, so I'm going to start. Well, while you go, I'm going to, like, try to think of something that I've seen recently. Okay. All right. Um, first up, I saw Sinister 2 piece of shit sequel moving on whoa sean i mean it's on a whole other level it's not good the first one i, I don't do. know it's, I, I don't know if it's that so bad bored so bored uh especially the beginning i was just done with that movie i thought it was a cool segue man i, I thought they did a good job of like bringing back like at least a main character and like going from there well that was cool but then it just went nowhere but I don't know. You know what? The, the, I didn't really like the end of Sinister. Like once you re- see what's all that's going on, and that left a bad taste in my mouth for the first film. Although I really liked it. So guys, going into this one knowing like 
knowing that, I just was kind of sour. Yeah, it wasn't nothing new. So, uh, moving along. I finally finished up watching the Waxwork series. I watched Waxwork 2 uh, on the Vestron Blu-ray. And uh, it's okay. It's a, it was a lot goofier than the first one, and the first one was pretty damn goofy. But I kind of like the uh, the hop through time thing. It's a fun distraction. I mean, it's nothing anything great, dude. Not it's crazy, like Chud Two and Return of Living Dead Two. <laughs> yeah, they have those goofy fucking sequels. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it was fun. You know, uh, Waxwork series is fun. Uh, first one's the best. And, the cast uh, though, dude. Like Drew Barrymore is in that shit. Fucking uh, Drew Barrymore in Waxwork. And Waxworks too, yeah, man. No, I would have noticed that. No, nah, man, she's in two, believe Bruce me. Bruce Campbell is. Yeah, Bruce Campbell. It's got a big cast, though, man. There's some other uh, big Bruce, people in that movie. And Bruce Campbell is super fun in it. Like, he's, he's on I mean, yeah, he's got a big role, but yeah, Drew Barrymore, I don't even think she speaks in it. She's like one of the vampire ladies or something like that. Really? Yeah, know. man. I, I'm like 100% sure. Like, I mean, you're talking... Like, you've watched Waxworks one time. I've watched Waxworks a thousand times. I'm just saying. And I have a big thing for Drew Barrymore. So. All right. All right. Well, she's not I mean, you got Oh, no, she is. Holy shit. V- vampire victim number one. Dude. There you go. Duh. I'll never doubt you again. Duh. But, I mean, yeah, it's good. I haven't seen Waxworks 2 in quite some time, but um, I know they, like, what was really fun about the movie is that they kind of parodied other famous horror films. Yeah. You know, like, they have that, it's not nothing to do with Psycho, but they kind of have that Psycho scene with the black and white. Yeah. Footage. I mean, of course, they have the stuff of Alien. <laughs> you know, goofy as shit. Uh, then, of course, get, they got you know Dawn of the Dead sequence in it. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's Dawn fun. of the Dead like, sequence. It's a, is fun a lot of movie. fun. But Drew Barrymore is in the Nosferatu scene. Yeah, I think that's why yeah, she yeah. doesn't say uh, okay. say anything because yeah, it's a it's, silent yeah, film. Yeah. No, it's fun, man. There are a lot of cool references. It was just I just kind of took some time for me to get to the used to the tone. Uh, it's okay. Like, it's one of those movies I'll totally put on again when I just want to just veg out to something, you know, or have something in the background. It's, you know, there's, there's some good fun to be had with it. And, uh, it's funny how they, how they changed the actress. You know, she's such a different, uh, actress, you know, than the first one. Like, just, she's yeah. not even trying to basically do what the first actress did in the first one. She kind of comes in her, into her own role and they bring some other things in with her, like with her, her with her parents and stuff. So, or her dad. So yeah, man, uh, worth checking out. Not scary at all, but it's it's, it's a horror comedy type thing, it's you know. Cute. And Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell's fun. Um, moving right along here. Uh, let's see. Oh shit! Oh, oh shit! Oh, you, dropped you dropped something. I got in a in a post apocalyptic mood, so I cracked. I have a whole bunch of code red post apocalyptic post apocalyptic flicks. They're Roger Corman's post nuke collection. So I finally cracked those open because I got Blast Fighter recently and I want to watch that. So, and you know, with all the whole political climate, I was like, might as well start watching some post-apocalyptic uh, 80s, you know, action flicks, right? Just in case I need to know what to do in case the nuclear apocalypse does happen. 
But I finally watched Blue Underground's uh, The New Barbarians. We've talked about this in the past. Um, I finally got around to finishing out the series by finishing this up. Honestly, I can't remember that movie at Enzo, all. Enzo Castellari. Uh, it's, you know, it base, it's, it, these are all basic post-apocalyptic. I mean, they're all almost the same, but they're a fun little distraction. Like, they're fun to, to visit these, uh, these goofy, you know, there's a ton of shoulder pads, goofy outfits, and, uh, you know, uh, I mean, Fred Williamson, Fred Williamson's in this one, and he's a, he's a freaking blast. So, that was fun to catch up on. Uh, the Blue Underground disc, of course, looks fantastic. And it has that part three, like there's a Fred Williamson interview. I mean, through the, these three films, what what they release? Um, Bronx Warriors. Yeah. Uh, what else was it? I don't remember. They did three of them though. It's kind of a trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's there's some great interviews with Fred Williamson on here, so it's good stuff. And then I uh cracked open the Sisterhood from Code Red's Blu-ray. And, uh, another basic kind of post-apocalyptic about a whole bunch of, uh, you know, that women have been, are basically captured and used to be as slaves or raped and all that kind of stuff. But there's this group that everyone's, uh, you know, rumored to be freeing all these women called the Sisterhood and they have special powers. Uh, you got these two, these two women joined by a third kind of coming in because she's rescued by them, and uh, then it's your basic kind of they-need-to-rescue-people-from-the-barbarian-type people type flick. But uh, really, really cheesy. Um, Chuck Wagner from Auto Man's in this. I think I, I, think I have Robert that one on Blu-ray. I, I haven't watched it in a while. Yeah. Um, it's, it's good post-apocalyptic goofball fun. Uh, and then I watched Equalizer 2000. And this one is the one where he has this really crazy gun that he constructs. It's like five different barrels. There's like a rocket launcher, machine gun, shotgun. <laughs> it kind of sounds like Blast Fighter. Yeah. Blast Fighter, he has, a, he has a shotgun that can shoot anything. Nice. Now, this is like he has all the, all the different barrels are all in there. It's hilarious. He puts them all together. Uh, you know... A lot of a lot of uh, gunfights, a lot of car chases, and you know these are all you know, stand, standard fares. They're all the kind of the same plot, right? You know, but um, I totally did these flicks. These are these look look fantastic, and they're a lot of fun. Um, what else have we got? I cracked open uh, Stroud Factory's Serpent and the Rainbow Blu-ray. I think I've talked about this movie before, but the Blu-ray looks great, and there's a really great documentary on it. So, uh, if you're a fan of Serpent and the Rainbow, uh, you will not be let down with this release. Uh, it's really good. I'm, I'm a fan of it, like the voodoo stuff, and have a lot of fun with this. Uh, there's a gag where, like, the snake, it's like this little, like, child as he's walking towards him, and she's, like, in this bridal, uh, little bride gown, and, like, it turns, and there's a gag where it's really an old woman, and then a snake shoots out at his face. Fantastic. Looks great. And then, uh, finally, last one I want to talk about a little, a little more. Um, it's a, it's a, this is a recent film by Matteo Garone, uh, called Tale of Tales, starring, uh, Salma Hayek, um, John C. Riley's in it, Toby Jones, Vincent, Vincent Cassell. And it's kind of this, like, weird, dark fantasy. I think three or four stories kind of interwoven together. Um, uh, 
The first one is uh, the the queen played by Salma Hayek. She's barren. She can't have children. But the king hears that if he slays this dragon and they harvest the heart and she eats the heart, if it's cooked by a virgin, <laughs> she'll have a child. Um, so that's kind of the first story it starts off with. And then, uh, you know, um, she does have a child. And then uh, the virgin also has a child. They're albino twins, separated at birth. Like, those, these are just a couple stories you've. You follow them, and there's a few other people that they kind of in, they interact with, that you kind of go through this big story through um, with all of them. But it was really creative. Like, I don't know, I don't even know what kind of reviews this got, but it was a uh, really creative. Like, there's some really great practical effects in it, and it's just I haven't seen, you know, it, it with all the blockbusters and everything and all the remakes, it's hard to find something really original. Like this was. Uh, struck me as a very original flick, and if you like kind of dark fantasy type stuff, um, it's definitely worth checking out. So. It played uh, it played at Fantastic Fest, mm-hmm. and no one fucking said anything about it. Like it played, and then you never heard any word that really? even anybody saw it. So it like completely fell off my list because uh, it wasn't on there to begin with. Yeah, because um, I think it was the world premiere or whatever. Yeah, and um. I was like, okay, maybe that. And then after it played, you didn't hear anybody talk about it. it just kind of fell off my bat. Yeah. I don't know. I really liked it. I mean, it's not like a, it's, it's there. It's like fantasy drama. Like there's a lot of stuff going on with it. And it's not, you know, it's not like Game of Thrones or, you know, it's, it's not super like crazy violent or crazy, you know, epic, but it's, uh, it's just different enough that I really, really dug it. So, and everyone's really good. Like, you you know, I like, I like seeing John C. Riley in, you know, in, in different roles, you know, I didn't really think I would, you know, uh, kind of get him as a king or whatever, but he does a really good job in it. Um, as this kind of, uh, you know, cause he has this like sadness that he can't, you know, his wife can't have children, you know, so, but, uh, it's good, man. Worth checking out. I, if you can rent it. I would say rent it. I think Shot uh, Shot Factory released the Blu-ray, so I don't know what kind of like they're kind of weird with like streaming rights and stuff. It's probably it would show up on if it's IFC. IFC. No, it's just Shot, Shot Factory, so it'll probably end up streaming somewhere. I would imagine it's probably on Netflix, but on their website, probably it could be on their website too. Their streaming channel. Yeah, that's yeah. free, right? I think it is. Yeah, I I dug it, so. Check it out if you if you'd like. Okay. And I think uh, I think that's it. Is that it? My daughter and I watched Rain of Fire. I love that movie. Matthew McConaughey's great in it. Uh, that's all. That's all I got. Cool. You um, got? I don't know, man. Well, I did watch that Deepwater Horizon. <laughs> and I hate and I hate you for it. You suck. I mean, I'm I don't feel good, so I'm just gonna say that was one of the worst fucking movies I've ever seen in my life. Wow. I watch a lot of fucking movies too. Um, one of the most boring pieces of shit I've ever seen. Uh, I didn't think like you could have a disaster movie. It's like so fucking boring. <laughs> um. Like they bill Kurt Russell in it, but he's like in the movie for like five minutes. Spoiler alert! Stop. It's not really a spoiler alert. Like he's, he's, just, he's in it for a while. They just tuck him away. Like it's like, oh, Kurt Russell's on the ship. Cool. Let's follow Mark Wahlberg. 
Um, just like very chaotic and like you don't care about anybody. And they like they try to have like the relationship between Mark Wahlberg and that one girl and that emotional moment during the climax. And it's just like no one's yeah, buying anything. It has a bit forced. And I tell you what, man, like, you know, I don't like I don't want a movie like when it gets all technical and shit. Like, at least try to bring it down to somebody's level that doesn't know anything about fucking drilling oil. <laughs> like, there's so much fucking tech talk, and it's so quick. And it, I guess it's supposed to be quick and snazzy and witty, but no one knows what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I don't never been on a fucking oil rig. And, like, there's so much just tech talk, it gets so fucking annoying. So that's a, it's a shame that P- Peter Berg made such a shitty movie because he's made a lot of... <laughs> He's made, you know, some cool movies, man. Like, Damn. I like Ramden- it. I don't know. No, man. No one likes that movie. Um, <laughs> Is that true? Um, next up, I watched um, Warner Archives' uh, The Black Scorpion. Uh, so basically, this fucking volcano releases these giant fucking scorpions. <laughs> they just, like, attack the town. Um it's crazy, man. Like it's like a it's a pretty fun, you know, man versus nature uh, horror film from the seventies or uh, from the fifties, and it's very like you know even like King Kong esque, you know, like um, it's more than just scorpions that are uh, large. So basically, the, the, these uh, these people are like dying, um, you know, across. Uh, or like livestock's dying in this, in this, you know, town. And they soon realize it's this fucking scorpion that's uh, killing people. And then they find out there's more scorpions and there's radiation below. And it's making all these fucking things, different species like grow and be huge and fight one another. So it's pretty actually, it's pretty, the movie's a lot bigger than you would think it would be from, you know, something from the fifties. But there's, like, a lot going on. I mean, it takes a while to get there. But, dude, there's, like, fucking scenes, like, with fucking 20 scorpions. And they're fucking huge, man. Um, yeah, so it's pretty impressive special effects-wise. Um, I recommend it if you like, you know, bug movies and shit. Uh, insects and man versus nature and stuff like that. Um, next up was, uh, I don't have anything written down, so I'm just going to pull shit out of my ass. Um, I watched, uh, I'm a big, uh, Richard Bates fan, um, ever since I saw Excision. Um, Richard Bates has a way to tell a story that's just so odd. Like, it's very jarring. Um, the whole movie's, like, off kilter, and he has a new movie called Trash Fire. Um, and I kind of pushed it off because that Adrian Grenier dude is in it. He plays the lead. And I'm just like... I've watched Entourage. I was just never in, interested like with anything he's done because he's just so flat in that show. Um, it's just not that fun of a show anyway. Um, but he like has like completely like changed. He's in this movie called Trash Fire where he plays the biggest fucking asshole possible. He's this bulimic, upfront alcoholic. Uh, that his parents died when he was little in a fire. Um, he's going through counseling still. 
Um, he has a girlfriend that they've been together for, you know, like three years. Um, and she finds out she's pregnant and he automatically says, well, of course you're getting an abortion. We'll split it. And she's like, you motherfucker. And, you know, he goes through some shit mentally and, and he's like, he wants to make amends. So he's like, look, Hey, I want to have this baby. I want to do whatever it takes to be a good father and be good to you. So she's like, all right. You know, you're going to make amends with my family and you're going to make amends with yours. So after his parents died in the fire, he has a sister that was had like, you know, third degree burns, like 90% all over her body. So she went to go live with her, uh, with their grandmother. So this burn victim basically uh, lives with their grandma and they go and it gets fucking weird. Um, if you know, have you ever seen excision, then you kind of know kind of Richard Bates storytelling where he's very in your face. It can be very brutal and very raw. And I, I just, I, I just like that method of storytelling and he's, it's something off kilter the entire time. Like he's just like, he has this thing where he has like, instead of like filming people like at a table, he films right in front of their face. So they're staring at the camera. And there's like this overbearing music that plays, so it really like drills you. Um, I think I think it's great. I think it's a a great movie. It's going to be probably in my top like ten uh, for the year. Like I really thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, next up is a couple movies that I've mentioned over the past years. Uh, I guess you could say on uh, on the show. Uh, uh, this movie called uh, Cresha is out on uh, on demand. A24 picked this up, and I, they just kind of slapped it on demand and then never gave it a Blu-ray release. A24 is a huge company right now. Uh, they're putting movies out left and right, a lot of independent cinema. Well, they picked up this uh, low-budget indie that was uh, played at South by Southwest um, like 2014, 15. Um, it is a family drama. But the guy that made it is his first film. You could tell this dude is obsessed with fucking horror films. So he tells this story. It's straight a family drama about mental illness and alcoholism. Um, but man, it's fucking scary as shit because like he tells a story and his visuals and everything else is just so intense. Uh, during the film, like you're on the edge of your seat and you don't really know the reason why the fuck you're on the edge of your seat. Um, just a great, great storyteller. It's a very great movie. It's super tense. Um, so definitely go check it out. Uh, and then another one I saw at South by Southwest, I think I saw it last year. It's finally hit on demand. Another film that just got shot on demand, no DVD, no Blu-ray that I can see yet, um, was Pierce Brosnan's son made a movie. His name's Sean Brosnan, uh, or Seen Brosnan. I don't know. Does anybody ever call you Seen? Yeah, they're being dicks when they do that. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> uh, you know, I when I was in South by, there's this, you know, Sean Strons Brosnan made this movie. Is like, who's the fuck is Sean Brosnan? And they're all oh, it's Pierce Brosnan's son. Pierce Brosnan produced this movie, and I'm like, ugh. You know, it does not sound like something that is up my alley. And it was like a midnight movie. I was like, oh, God. So it's called My Father Die. 
I talked about this at the festival. Dude, this movie fucking kicks so much ass. I watched it again. Uh, I bought it uh, when it came out on, on the man. Man, it's such a fucking good movie. It's this exploitation like flick. Like it feels like it's from the seventies. It's really grimy. It's really filthy. It's really dirty. Uh, that's kind of repetitive. I'm sick. Forgive me. Um, but it's just so like fucked up. Like it's this, these two brothers that are, you know, like total backwoods, uh, you know, kind of that just filthy lifestyle. Uh, it's two brothers that just truly love one another. And he's, uh, he's trying to take care of his, his older brother's take, trying to take care of his little brother. And a bunch of family drama happens. The father ends up killing, um, his older brother and then makes him basically be a mute because he hits him so hard in the head and punches him. Um, you know, he's unable to speak any longer. He becomes a mute. Um, so the father is put away in prison for years. Uh, when the, you know, the kid's older and, you know, in his twenties, his father's released from prison. So immediately he wants to kill him. Uh, so he goes after him. Um, man, it's fucking intense. It's got a wicked fucking soundtrack. It's beautiful. It's dirty. Um, it brings you back to like, you know, the poor, pretty, poor, pretty Eddie and psycho from Texas type shit, like gator bait. And, you know, just that really South country fried Western, not, not Western, but country fried like feeling. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's really good. And then, uh, Parasites finally came out on VOD. This was like one of my top 10 of last year. Uh, Parasites is now on VOD. Uh, if you like do it yourself, independent movies that are made for a dollar and John Carpenter, Parasites is right up your alley. It's so fucking good. I know, I know it's not people are going to be raving about it, but I really like when movies take, uh, the money that's just in the producer's wallet. And they make a movie out of that. Like, that's what this feels like. Uh, it feels like if you took, if you had $10, you went to the store and you bought in the bargain bin, you bought Assault on Precinct 13 and Judgment Night on VHS. And then you're like, Hey, with these other $8, we should make a movie like this. Um, that's what you got. That's, that's what the movie feels like with a, Fucking cooler, uh, killer sense soundtrack. Um, I don't know. I think I'm done. All right. Sweet. I have a lot more, but I can't think of anything. Mike Delaney from Splathouse Podcast will be joining us in just a little bit. But first, we have the news with Josh Obershaw. Now, this was recorded uh, earlier because we thought we were going to schedule a show as far as recording goes earlier, uh, gosh, last week, maybe even a couple weeks ago. So the news may seem a little bit dated. But um, it's stuff that you need to hear. But anyway, so here's the news with Josh Obershaw. All right. Uh, Josh Obershaw joins us with the news. What's up, Josh? Hey, Sean. It's nice to hear, uh, nice to hear people's voices doing this. <laughs> yeah, we've had some Skype. It got pretty lonely. Yeah, yeah. Skype's been, uh, yeah, as usual, Skype's. A bit of a bitch sometimes, and uh, the last two weeks have been like, "Screw it, man, just do it yourself." <laughs> <laughs> well, we want something done right, just do it yourself. Yep. 
Exactly. Not sure if I did it right, but it sounds like people have uh, people have been enjoying it. They're That's missing it. a little bit of the banter. Yes, yes, uh, and you know, and, and, and you know, we have to. So uh, the the doing it by yourself is a uh, tentacle. If we have to do it that way, we, we know we can do it. But uh, yeah, of course, this is the preferred method. Uh, you and I just chatting some news. So um, it hasn't been anything too crazy. But what what have you got for us? Well, I'll start off uh, with. Uh, what we got this week, uh, it's pretty light compared to the last couple of weeks. But uh, first of all, there's an Australian company by the name of Via Vision, and they're going to be putting out a Blu-ray box set of all of the Fly movies mm. from 20th Century Fox, starting with you know the original Fly from 1958, its two sequels, Return of the Fly and Curse of the Fly, as well as a 30th anniversary special edition of David Cronenberg's The Fly and its sequel, The Fly 2. Yes, it's going to be a huge fan of The Fly Two. Oh, I haven't seen that since I was a kid, but um, I, I just remember the the teaser trailer for that. That is like one of the best teaser trailers I ever saw, and I was really really pumped for the movie. Yeah, but I don't remember much about The Fly Two other than the fact that Eric Stoltz is the son <laughs> of the Fly. Yeah, somehow he's uh, you know, I don't know how that how that genetically how that happened, but. <laughs> but uh no it's it's good it's it's you know it's not as good as the first one for sure but it's it's a campy b-level oh, yeah. gore fest so and daphne I, zuniga was in that i remember that yeah. much yeah so it's worth it I'm, uh, i've been dying to see it in hd i mean so i may pick the setup well I'm, I'm 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 planning on pre-ordering this thing uh for sure so i'm just kind of waiting to see if any yeah. u.s company will you know announce anything because I'm surprised the Fly Two at least hasn't been picked up by anybody for for an HD release. Right. I actually don't know what the region of this particular collection is. It doesn't really say, so uh, that's still kind of up in the air. But you're right. I I wish you know Fox would put all would do the same thing with these films here in the U- United States. Excuse me. But uh, yeah, this will be actually the worldwide debut, worldwide HD debut of the Fly Two. That's exciting enough. To pick this one up if you've got a region free player just in case if this thing isn't region free yeah there's a good chance it'll be region free a lot of australian uh blu-rays are <clears throat> region free and i know that the night of the living dead set that was released um was region free as well sometimes a lot of like a lot of times for australian releases they'll be marked region b but then i'll test them out and they'll play on my normal player with the exception of like a couple, like Beastmaster for sure was locked, but, um, but yes, you, you always try to see if somebody can check it for you. The re- if you if you don't have a region free player and you think it's region free, um, always see if you can get it verified for sure from someone. Pro tip, right? Exactly. So if you want to take a chance on this one, this one will be released on March eighth. Next up, I actually have a couple of updates on some Blu-rays that I mentioned previously. Last week, we told you about the Wishmaster Blu-ray collection that uh, Vestrum Video are going to be putting out. The special features for this one, there's a lot of them. Most of them are with the original Wishmaster, obviously. We've got audio commentaries with director Robert Kurtzman and screenwriter Peter Atkins. Another one with Kurtzman and stars Andrew Divoff and Tammy Lauren. Isolated score selections and audio interview with composer Harry Manfredini. 
some featurettes out of the bottle. This is an interview with Kurtzman and co-producer David Trippett. The Magic Words, an interview with screenwriter Peter Atkins. The Gin and Alexandra, interviews with stars Andrew Divoff and Tammy Lauren. Captured Visions, an interview with director of photography Jacques Haken. Wishlist, interviews with actors Kane Hodder and Ted Raimi. And also some vintage featurettes. And there's also trailers, spots, galleries, teaser and theatrical trailers, TV and radio spots, storyboards, and still galleries. There's also a behind-the-scenes footage compilation as well. The other movies, really light on the uh, on the bonus features. There's an audio commentary with writer-director Jack Shoulder on Wishmaster 2. There's an audio commentary with director Chris Angel and some of the cast members on Wishmaster 3. A vintage featurette on Wishmaster 3. And Wishmaster 4 has two audio commentaries. Uh, one with director Chris Angel and a couple of the cast members. Another one with Chris Angel and actor John Novak. And a featurette called Wishmasterpiece Theater. <laughs> so that one is coming. Nice. <laughs> I know, right? So uh, as mentioned previously, this one is coming out on March 28th, the same day as the Phantasm box set from WellGo USA. The other update I want to let you know about is Screen Factory's collector's edition of Firestarter. <clears throat> and this one's coming out on March 14th. Special features include a new 2K scan of the interpositive film element. A new audio commentary with director Mark L. Lester. Playing with Fire, the making of Firestarter, featuring interviews with director Lester, actors Freddie Jones and Drew Snyder, stuntman and actor Dick Warlock, excellent, and Johannes Schmeling of Tangerine Dream. Plus, speaking of Tangerine Dream, we've got Movie Music Memories, which is an interview with uh, Schmeling. Hope I'm saying that right. An exclusive performance of Charlie's theme. By Schmeling of Tangerine Dream. How awesome is that? Plus, you get all the usual theatrical trailers, a radio spot, and a still gallery. It kind of sucks. I was kind of hoping they'd possibly score an interview with Drew Barrymore, but I guess not. Damn it. I know. But that's Firestarter, March 14th. Yeah, I guess I saw them talking about the Drew Barrymore. Someone was asking them uh, somewhere on Twitter or something. They just couldn't secure a... Uh... An interview. Like, she just wasn't interested at all. It was odd. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. She just basically had no interest in it. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Disappointing, but uh, them's the breaks. <laughs> so, moving on to uh, Severn, we got a uh, couple of announcements from them. If you're a fan of the Kung Fu Trailers of Fury, they're going to be putting out Return of Kung Fu Trailers of Fury. That one is scheduled for March 14th. There's a few commentaries on this one. We got writer Rick Myers, Frank Jing of the New York Asian Film Festival, martial arts instructor Greg Schiller, and Rick Stello of Drunken Master Video. Also on March 14th, they're going to be putting out Drive-In Massacre. And the extras for this one include a commentary with director Stu Siegel, Drive-In Days, an interview with star and co-writer John F. Goff, Norman Sheridan recalls Drive-In Massacre and also Making the Massacre. This is an interview with uh, Siegel or Seagal. Not sure <laughs> which is the correct one, but uh, it also includes a trailer. So, yeah, more good stuff from Severn. And uh, next up, we've got Scorpion releasing. They just announced a uh, – well, actually, one of them was previously announced, and that was Michelle Salvi's uh, The Church. 
they're also going to be putting out his other film, The Set. Now, both of these films were previously released by Shameless Video Mm -hmm. in the UK. And what's also interesting is that both of these movies have been released in certain territories as Demons sequels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I want to. Is it Scorpion or is it uh, Code Red that's putting this out? I mean, I guess I mean they're brothers and they're kind of working, you know, side by side right now with uh, their, you know, yeah. their, their site Ronin Flicks or whatever. This is Scorpion. Scorpion. Okay. Nice. I yeah. You know, uh, I ordered something from their that website, but uh, <clears> still, <throat> it still hasn't shipped. Oh wow. The Ronin Flicks. So it sounds like it's still. You know, whenever you would order from Code Red, uh, there that site, whatever that was, um, it would take a while for him, him to ship things out. It looks like he's doing the same kind of thing, but at least the process is a lot easier. I'll let you guys know how that goes <laughs> if I ever get them. Also, keep in mind that Ronin Ronin Flix is also a new website, so maybe they're just still working out the kinks. Yeah, well, it's pretty fluid. Um, worked out pretty well, so hopefully, I mean, it says it. Uh, it's shipped. They sent me a tracking number. It's just hasn't, you know, it's still sitting there. Okay. <laughs> you know, but, um, I think who else did they, is screen archives still selling some of their stuff or the, I, know I believe so. Yeah. I mean like diabolic cells, uh, between Scorpion and Coda red, certain titles and you got screen archives and you got their Ronin flicks. So we'll let you guys know for sure. Once we see him pop up for, for ordering, he just, he doesn't set pre-orders. He's kind of up here one day. So those are on my buying agenda for the year, for sure. Cool deal. All right, I got a little bit of a sneak peek at uh, Vinegar Syndrome's March package. They're going to be putting out the X-rated feature China Girl from 1975. And uh, there's no other news about that. But just to let you know, if you're a fan of Golden Age porn, China Girl is going to be part of that March package. I don't know. Have you heard anything else from Vinegar Syndrome? What's coming out in March? Um, or is it just it's a little too early? It might be a little bit too early. I feel like they re- they announced something, but I've been so distracted lately. <laughs> I haven't paid attention. I feel like there was something that they announced. Um, but off the top of my head right now, I can't think. If I if if I if it comes to mind, I'll blurt it out. Sounds good. And a Psycho Cop two. Well, we got. Yeah, Adam, I don't think I came across that one. Adam Rifkin's jaw-dropping hybrid splatter <clears throat> film and sex comedy Psycho Cop 2, or as the credits say, Psycho Cop Returns, on Blu-ray later this spring. And then, of course, Witch Trap for March, we've talked about. Yes. It's all coming together. It's going to be a fun year from them. Oh, for sure. And finally, we got some Code Red news. We have the final list of extras for their upcoming Blu-ray release of Beyond the Door. Meh. There's only one. There's only one new feature featurette, and I believe that is the new interview with actor Gabriel Lavia. Other than that, it's all the same extras from the uh, the single disc DVD that Code Red put out. We don't even. We're not even going to get a a better quality transfer of the U.S. cut because I actually prefer the U.S. cut. I was the first version of Beyond the Door that I saw. That was the one I flipped out for, and 
the one on the Tunes DVD looks like crap. We're not even going to get that. So for 30 bucks, yeah, it's going to be $29.99 on Roman Flicks. I'm just going to skip this one. But if you really, really want Beyond the Door on high def, it's going to be coming out soon. We just don't know when because these release dates for Code Red just seem to... These things just seem to be available whenever. But also coming from uh, Code Red, we've got a Psychic, Joe Pulci's The Psychic, also known as Seven Notes in Black, which was previously released on DVD from, I want to say Severn. Yeah, Severn. But they're also going to be putting out Slave of the Cannibal God. Now, if this sounds familiar, this is the alternate title for the movie Mountain of Cannibal God, starring Ursula Andres and Stacey Keach, directed by Sergio Martino. Uh, I tried looking this up to find out if there's any sort of difference between the two, and apparently Slave of the Cannibal God, according to IMDb, is the censored version of Mountain of the Cannibal God. Hmm. So it kind of leaves me wondering, why would Code Red put out a Blu-ray of a censored version of Mountain of the Cannibal God? It's, it doesn't really make any sense. Considering the fact that you can still get Mountain of the Cannibal God on DVD from Blue Underground for only ten bucks, it's only ten bucks on a Grindhouse Video, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. Yeah, so, unless they just mistitled it or you know just use it as an alternate title. That's this. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. Have you checked like the running yeah. time compared to the uh, the Blue Underground? <clears throat> oh, I haven't checked the uh, the running times, but apparently there uh, the only thing that was cut out was a castration scene. Oh. Okay. It's slightly, it's like slightly edited. All right. So the, well, you know that case. I mean, <laughs> do without that. But if you're a completist like me, <laughs> I would just be like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give Mike ten dollars for for Mountain of the Cannibal God. Yeah, I'll be happy that way. So yeah, really light news week this week, but um, still some pretty good stuff. I I think. I think it's high time that I got on the Wishmaster bandwagon because I've never seen any of those movies. <laughs> I mean, they're not amazing. The first ones, the first two are fun. I haven't seen the other sequels, but um, you know, you, you get what you get. I I like I like them. <laughs> I like the first one. Uh, you know, so but some people don't. But they're you know they're they're fun. Not amazing, but they're fun. First two are fun. It's a fun, a fun idea. Some great. Uh, <laughs> Some great kind of creature stuff and some great practical effects, you know. So, I'm I'm excited for these all the special features on 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 those. I'm glad that they're stacking it, especially for the first couple. Of things. Oh yeah, for sure. The other one, I mean, I've heard the, sure. the three and four are people are kind of like, well, yeah, you know, you're getting four movies, but you're getting Wishmaster three, and Wishmaster <laughs> Wishmaster four. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm I'm excited for the set. It's it's fun to check out even lesser works, you know. For uh, oh, for sure. movie series. All right, man. Uh, uh, all right. Anything else, or are we all good? Uh, we're all good. That's all the new, that's all the new news that I have. Uh, any thoughts on some of the news that I uh, dished out over the past couple of weeks by myself? Uh, I don't think uh, off the top of my head. Um, no, I mean a lot of good stuff coming out for sure. So pretty pretty pumped about uh, about everything. Are you there? Oh, 
Yeah, I'm still here. I thought I lost you. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, man. Well, we will uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Sounds good. Not a problem. See you guys next week. So Mike D joins us from Mike the D. House podcast. Mike D's in the house. What mm-hmm. you gonna do? Go a wall. Hey guys, one of the masterminds <laughs> of uh, Splat House podcast. No, I'm I'm the mastermind. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if Sarah was on the call, we would say that. Uh, yeah, she of course. She's not gonna listen to this <laughs> shit. Though, so I'll tell the truth. Damn, that hurts. Mm-hmm. But I know what it means. I don't listen to my shit or anybody <laughs> else's. Aside from Splat House, but that, that changes tonight. Oh, really? Why? Just because Sarah doesn't listen to this show. Oh, no, she does. I just want to... I'm fucking done. <laughs> done. Fucking done, man. All right, so I just texted BJ that she can call in uh, whenever she's uh, available. She was at a concert. So when she said that, I was like, well, she probably won't be able to join us then. <laughs> Oh, cool, man. Nickelback's back in the United States. I know after a concert, I'm ready to go sit down and talk to a couple nerds. Hey, man. About movies. I just watched the Three Doors Down Toby T. Keith concert, so I'm good. Damn. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to jump into our top five, or in Brad's case, probably top 50. uh, Top five discoveries of 2016. We wanted to do this... Earlier, earlier in January or at the end of December, but you know our schedules have been ridiculous. Uh, yeah, this this year so far. So uh, yeah, they have. Good. So um, yeah, you could say lists are my uh, kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, since Mike is uh, like, since Mike is our guest, I'm gonna you know defer to Mike first for his uh, top five. Flick discoveries of 2016. Now these cool, are movies yeah. that maybe you. Yeah, people need to give. You need to give the fucking parameters of fucking know, lists, Sean. These are movies that you may have missed years prior. You just discovered. Um, they don't have to be out. So they're new to you. New to you. So, but they can't be released in 2016 because that's dumb. Yeah. Then it's just in your top ten. Looking through my list to make sure that I'm good. <laughs> If it's 2015, I'll let it slide, and it has to be like a really fucking cool ass movie, though. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> nope. No pressure. Are we good to go? We're good to go, man. What's All right, got? let's do it. You got for us? Uh, yeah. The first one I want to bring up is actually one of the the newer ones on my list. It's from 2014. It's uh, Patrick Bryce's Creep, um, a movie I was really interested in seeing at the time. Uh, but it just kind of escaped me for whatever, for whatever reason. But, uh, my buddy Jim Rock that works on Splat House with us, he's one of the producers and sound editor. He was, we were in the studio one day and I'm like, Hey, we should do a, a newer movie. And he goes, Oh, my, uh, my friend made a movie. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's cool. Like, what, wh- who's your friend? What movie did they, did he make? He goes, well, he made this movie called Creep, and he also made this other movie called The Overnight. And I'm like, oh, holy shit, your friend is Patrick Bryce? Like, where do you know him from? It turns out they're, they're old childhood friends, and it was just kind of 
serendipitous that there was this movie I was really interested in, but I got to, uh, I got to watch it this last year, um, as a found footage flick. I loved it as a, a extremely dark comedy. I loved it. Um, I thought Patrick did, uh, an amazing job kind of as the, uh, surrogate audience member in the film and as a director and writer holding his own against a really creepy Mark Duplass. But, um, I know that's a newer one, but, uh, a discovery from last year that I got to make a little bit more personal by featuring on my show. Mm-hmm. Not, not to be a complete dick. Oh, yeah. That movie's made 2014, but that shit was released in 2016. Creep. Yeah. No way. Yeah, man. I can't like it. It didn't play any like it hit VOD in 2016. It didn't play like anywhere else other than. If festival. we were in the same room, I would totally slap Brad in the. <laughs> <laughs> Slap I just want to be a. I just want to be a dick. Flick the head. Flick, flick. Slap but I'll let it. I'll let it slide because <laughs> it's so good. You're gonna let the dick slide because it's so good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Slide right in. All there. right. Hey, the next one is. Uh, From I have 2015. Guys... It is no. <laughs> Fuck you, man. No, uh, it's actually from a, an episode you did last year. Um, you talked about boarding house. You went off for <laughs> like ten or fifteen minutes. <laughs> And uh, I remember, I'm going to make it kind of sexy time right now, but I remember what I was yeah. doing at the time. I listened to you guys. This is a true story. While you were masturbating. To, you're well, welcome. No, <laughs> but I do listen to you when I take my uh, my baths. Mm. You know, I like to lay in the bathtub, listen to <laughs> your you're, you're a bath man? I'm a bath man. I'm huh. a bath Um And where, where am that I going? That sheds new light on you right now. <laughs> It also oh. explains a lot. You don't you don't like baths? I no man, I fucking hate baths. I'm oh I'm God. I'm I'm okay with a bath. We got like a gigantic awesome bathtub though. Light some candles, put some bath salts in there. I nice. fucking I do bath salts, but I don't fucking <laughs> bath. Well, you're in Florida. But I'm from right? fucking Florida, dude. We fucking eat that shit. <laughs> that it's is yeah, candy. <laughs> you just rub it all over your teeth in Florida. Uh. No, all right. So to get back on track, look, Sorry. I listen to you guys when I take a bath, and someone else likes to take baths, and that is John Wintergate, uh, the star of Boarding House. He also mm. wrote and directed it, of course. Um, I became a massive fan of Boarding House after uh, tracking down a copy of it last year, um, so much so that we decided to make that the uh, the first episode of this Flathouse podcast. Um, and again, we got to talk with... Uh, uh, John Wintergate, Kalisu. It was really, really kind of cool. Um, learning how to, how, how our show was going to work. Um, and kind of finding our ground with getting these interviews. And- Man, this guy keeps plugging his goddamn podcast. What the fuck? I know, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's why you had me on. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Plug the show. That's right. Uh, uh let's see. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to switch it up on you guys. Um, <laughs> a little bit. So I am going to do this that. Next? Uh, no, no, this, this <laughs> next one, it's not even going to be a film. You can't go out and you can't find a, a film of this, what, what I'm about to say, but it's technically a film discovery. Okay. What I found out last year, uh, just in my own backyard, because I'm a, I'm a huge fucking idiot. Like on top of everything else, I'm a huge fucking idiot. I was watching, uh, Phantasm, the, uh, the Wellgo USA, the, the, the new one. And I was like, oh, that house that is the mausoleum. 
I'm like, oh, that house looks a lot like uh, the Dunsmere house over here in Oakland, which is like two or three blocks away from from where I live. And, and guess what, guys? Guess yeah. what my film discovery is? It is that house. You live near the Phantasm house. I live near the Phantasm house. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So that was my That's big film cool. discovery. <laughs> but the other, it's super fucking cool, man. But um, but the other thing uh, that I was thinking about as far as last year goes in my discoveries was uh, I took my family on a vacation to Seattle and we just hit up all the uh, the Twin Peaks locations from Fire Walk with me and the the television show and I guess if I was to make one discovery about film it's like if you have an area that you love or just where you live find out if they've shot anything cool there go check out those locations it kind of just adds a whole other level and appreciation to. Uh, to some of the art that that we enjoy, um, I'm gonna go Since you said with that. I can what? basically stand from my house. Yes, sir. And well, not really because that's over exaggerating. But I live less than probably one mile from where they filmed a good portion of Edward Scissorhands. Wow, you live oh, near, really? You, you live near a back lot? Um, <laughs> no, it's <was>, uh. <laughs> Like this plaza that they're at, I guess. Oh, okay. I've, I've only seen the movie like zero times, so um, mainly because it's a Tim Burton movie. Um, I've seen clips of fucking Edward Scissorhands, but I can't. I, I'm a fan. I, I like I can't, I can't. I can't do it. Um, but yeah, there's apparently like a shopping plaza scene in that movie, and that's uh, where our, um, our, like one of our big. Uh, Grocery stores here in Florida, we have a thing called Publix that's uh, pretty large. And uh, it's in the Publix. Uh, it's called Southgate Shopping Center. Fun Very facts. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm exactly. living the dream over here, so. You are, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another film discovery, guys. Um, while I was doing research for my show, the Splat House podcast, available on iTunes, <laughs> Google Play, directly at www.splathouse.com. Um, while I was doing research for a show, one of the listeners recommended um, that I get in touch with some folks at a company called Ship to Shore Fano Company. Um, they do vinyl movie soundtracks, and that really got me thinking about your show that you guys did last year where you featured um, Mondo Death Waltz recording. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're the only one that ever talked about it. Oh, really? Yes, for no, we didn't have a guess a good response on that show. <laughs> oh, oh, I fucking loved that show, and I actually went down and uh, grabbed some of those vinyls from uh, one of the local bookstores here in Oakland. Nice. Um, yeah, I loved, I loved that show. It inspired me to buy more uh, soundtracks on vinyl, which is great uh, for my collection, but not for my wallet. <laughs> but uh, I found Ship to Shore, and the reason why I, it was being recommended that I talk to them is they were the comp that did uh, the soundtrack for Manos, The Hands of Fate, based on the uh, the restoration that was done recently. Um, so I, I, I guess another discovery would be just find <laughs> find the soundtracks that you love to films. Find them in their most like pristine quality, their greatest presentation. Find these companies that are, are pressing them with such love and care and just the top presentation. Ship to Shore does an amazing job. They don't just have Manos. They also did, um, shit. Oh, Joysticks. <laughs> they have a great uh, edition out of Joysticks, and they also have, um, God, I don't think it didn't, was. Didn't they do the fucking, like, they released the soundtrack to Outrun, the fucking video game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they did Outrun and Class in Newcomb High. That's 
that's the one yeah. that I couldn't think. Yeah, they're great. Um, and they were on our Manos episode, which you can get on Google uh, Play, iTunes, Stitcher. We're oh all my over God. there. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you have any movie discoveries? Is that that's what this is? Yeah, that's why I started with two of them, and oh. then I did two that weren't movie discoveries. And now I'm going to do a fifth one because you, you told me to count to five, so that's what I got. I got number five right here. Um, my fifth one. Hey, I love this. Let me. Uh, there, there's um, such a great artist community out in uh, Oakland. You probably um, heard about it a lot in December when there was the tragic uh, fire and the, the national news was all over Oakland talking to the, the artist community out here. But, um, but one place that's not too far from Oakland always has these great uh, rummage sales where you could go pick up some, some posters, VHS, tiki cups, whatever. Um, and I picked up a tape there last year. I paid way too much for it. It was a VHS tape that was, that was $5 and the, the, the gal who sold it to me just, I don't know. She just priced it wrong or, or something, but it was water damp. $5 for a fucking tape. No, no, no. But this one was like fucked up and I'll, oh. I'll get to it in a second, but it's like water damage. It, it had mold all over it and shit, but I finally got it cleaned off and I put it in my, my shitty deck, but it's this movie from 1978 called teen alien. Have you heard of this one? Nope. Directed by a guy named uh, Peter Samelka. This this thing, I think it was just shot out in... I, I can't find too much on the film itself. I think it was just shot out in Utah. I think it starred a bunch of uh, community theater actors or like regional radio show contestants or, or something. Like complete amateurs. But it's a super fun haunted house movie about these kids that want to build a... Uh, they call it a spook alley in this uh in this mill so they had a couple great sets and access to this really amateur cast and it's just really fun do-it-yourself filmmaking has all the tropes of a of a bad 70s movie like a like a charles band type production of um like laser blast or something like that (laughs) it has uh has really over the top uh narration exposition at the beginning it has a really goofy uh, question mark at the end title at the end. It has a fat guy in a gorilla suit. It has everything. There's a, there's a fucking Rolls Royce in it for no good reason, but <laughs> to show that they have like a ridiculous, you know, access to this car. But um, that one's a lot of fun. You and, had a uh, gorilla suit. <laughs> yeah. A lot of fat jokes. It, it's just like really outdated and goofy. It's and, this movie sounds super familiar. Like, I don't remember the, I don't yeah. remember. Well, what's the cover look like? Well, you know, it had it had an alternate title. Um, God, I wish I had the alternate title in front of me, but it was uh, it was something like the uh, like the Vestron experiment or or some Vestron. No, that's the fucking video. Line. <laughs> no, uh, I'll you know I'll, I'll tweet it at you later or something. But um, but the video cover looks like an alien uh, an alien getting unzipped out of human skin. Uh yeah 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 it's like a green yeah. head right like a yeah 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 is it is it is it one of those like not perforated that means like to rip uh, what am I trying to think I know like, what you mean like the the like pop out right yeah no, no it's, it's not no okay I'll, that's I'll, what I was thinking about yeah I'll uh I'll tweet it at you later anyway this movie I, I think it's available in its entirety on YouTube I'm I'm sure there's 
Like, this movie sounds super fucking familiar right now, and I think it's one of those movies that I saw when I was very, very, very young and then completely forgot about, and you just, like, triggered something. Yeah, it yeah it was released, it, it says theatrically in 1978, but all the videos I found are, like, 1987, 1988, so it would have it been on the shelves for sure. Uh, when we were, when we were younger. But, um, yeah, th- this is one that I think is perfect for what I like to do over at, um, at the show Sarah and I run, but I can't find anybody that's ever worked on it. And we like to get interviews or at least participation from someone who knows something about the film, but I can't find anybody. So if you're listening to this and you know anything about Teen Alien, uh, hit us up and, uh, we'd love to talk to you. So that's five. Do you want me to keep going? No, we're no. Yeah, thank All right. you, Brad. Do you have, did you did you whittle your list down to five, or are you or uh, five hundred? Being... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm being serious too. So, like, you know, there we go. Let me get to Brad's five hundred real quick. I only need five hundred minutes. Um, no, nah, man, I only got five. What you got, man? Um, so in. In the Teen Alien, they dress him up, right? You still want to talk about Teen Alien? <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. Like they, they they dress him up like in a jock outfit, right? Uh, he's uh, so he he looks like a regular kid for a while, and then he's uh, and then he yeah, then he becomes like this alien. But he like wears like a like a like a football jacket, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's the cover too. He's in the football jacket. Ah, oh, man, shit. I know this fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it sounds like you do. Yeah. Shit, man. I'm gonna have to research that after probably tomorrow. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to think. Like, all right, yeah, moving along. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's like I'm starting to get all like nostalgic. So it's like, oh shit, I totally fucking remember this movie. Um, so new, top twenty discoveries for two thousand. <laughs> Uh, Sean's not laughing. He's just like, "Oh, you motherfucker!" It's <laughs> my fake uh, laugh. Yeah, you need. Apparently, to relax. people always recognize my fake laugh. I'll do it at work, and then I'll walk around the corner, and someone'll be like, "You sound like a totally sound like a fake sound like laugh. a dig." Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, top five uh, new discoveries of 2016. So, uh, first up is um, 1955's. Um, you know, I, I was talking about Black Scorpion earlier. Uh, this is uh, Tarantula. Uh, it was released on uh, Blu-ray over in Germany. Um, so it... <laughs> oh. My, my phone's broken, dude. I already told you this shit. God. <sighs> Fucking Gmail that shit. Gmail it. <laughs> um so anyways, uh, yeah, Jack Arnold directed this fucking, you know, giant spider movie. There's something about Tarantula. It's just, like, super fun. It's very short. Um, you know, it's I, – I like big, giant bug movies and insects and arachnids and all that shit. I've always been a huge, like, fan of Steven stuff from the 80s. You know, fucking Night of Lepus, all that shit. Um, but I never saw Tarantula. And uh, eBay Germany fucking has uh, not eBay Amazon Germany has a lot of sales um, on like hundreds of Blu-rays sometimes where the outright cost is like five bucks per Blu-ray 
in, that's in shipping included. So it's like crazy good deals and you can get like 10 of them. Um, like for, uh, you know, just, I even think there's like even a discount where they even come out to be cheaper than that. Sean, didn't you do that deal one time? And you got like runaway and all that shit. Oh yeah. From Amazon, Amazon Germany. Yeah. That's what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Like, um, so anyways, I got tarantula in that set. Yeah, well, never... it's, it's always cheaper to, you know, when you just go to Amazon Germany and just grab a, uh, you know, a handful. Cause it's yeah, just... they have a lot on sale and that's where I got uh, tarantula from. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think they even released, um, uh, I can't think of the title. I'm fucking sick of shit. So anyways, uh, tarantula, uh, first time for me. I, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, next up is arrows. Uh, I have two arrow releases on here actually. Oh, no. uh, 1993, which I still like, I can't, understand why this movie isn't like like bigger like like kind of like how big pulp fiction is and you know stuff like that because that that's the vibe that i get i get a tarantino i know what you're gonna say yeah (laughs) fucking uh suture like i can't believe that even after it's released on blu-ray from arrow like people aren't losing their minds over this movie because like, there's a movie that I think about a lot ever since I saw it, and that's fucking Suture. Like, I'm like, why isn't this more, like, why isn't this movie celebrated more? Um, it's kind of mind blowing because it's such a fucking weird movie. It, you know, it, it hit in the independent scene in the 90s. Like, I just don't understand why this movie isn't held in higher regard. Like, it's just, it's dumbfounding. Like, this is like pure, like amazing this is everything i want cinema to be like yeah you know? i they uh, mgm released it in that avant-garde dvd line that they did uh like 15 years ago do you remember that no oh yeah they they released it um i used to love those mgm avant-garde ones they had a uh river's edge um you know just just some offbeat movies from the 80s and 90s but uh yeah when i saw it too i was super obsessed with it it's a San Francisco filmmaker, so it's got it's got a bigger cult out here. It's it's usually playing it at an art house at least once a year, and, and you know. Yeah, but it's just like it's weird. Like people aren't talking about it more. Like you know, I remember the whole Blood Rage craze before it was released on Blu-ray from uh, you know um, Arrow uh, recently, like last year or whatever. Uh, but they like they were screening Blood Rage in theaters. Like there's this, this huge thing, like following for it. Um, that's the, one of the reasons why they released it on Blu-rays because this like resurgence happened. Uh, sh- screening prints at theaters and stuff like that. Um, but if you haven't listened to one of our old shows, Suture is quickly about two brothers. One is uh. A fairly rich uh, white man and one is a poor black man. And even though they consider themselves brothers, they literally consider themselves siblings and they are twins in the film. Everybody perceives them as twins, but they're obviously not to you. But everybody does. And it's just this weird vibe that you're getting through the film. And man, that fucking ending, though. Jesus Christ. Um, but anyways, watch Suture, pick it up from Arrow Video. The other one was, uh, a movie that I can't believe I didn't see was The Red Queen Kills Seven Times. Uh, we covered this on the show too. I fucking love this movie so much. The soundtrack, the, the setup, the eeriness of the film. 
Um, a really beautiful uh, film as well, and just looks so good that they release it. This is the Killer Dame set, right? They released yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that was that, that, that was in my top ten. I had I whittled it down. I'm glad you're talking about it. Yeah. You booted this out of your top ten? This isn't your top five, Sean? Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, next up was, hey, this is more of a recent movie, Mike. But this shit literally came out like in 2014. Um, so Did we feature it on the Splathouse podcast? <laughs> Available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher? <laughs> So this was, uh, I talked about this movie, uh, cause it was like on what's my doorstep or whatever, but, uh, sound of my voice. Um, I rewatched it again. Um, watched it with a bunch of friends Man, this movie's fucking killer, dude. Like this whole fucking setup of, of the film. Um, I don't want to really say anything cause I still believe this movie's kind of underseen. Yeah. Very much like suture in that fucking show's 1993. Um, but sound of my voice is just a really, beautiful and chilling and kind of jarring at times, like just this cult movie, like a cult is actually in the movie, not like cult movie. Um, but man, dude, it's fucking movies is another movie where it's the ending. It's just like, you're sitting there and you're like, Oh my God, like what the fuck did I just witness? Um, and watching it again, even though you know, like, kind of what's happening, it's still, uh, and you know how I said, I don't know if they mention it. They do mention it in the movie. They do mention the daughter. Hmm. Or, or they, I'm sorry, not mention the daughter. They mention, uh, her. They say it's her. And I was like, holy shit, they actually do say it's her. But, I mean, it just feeds kind of the craziness behind the story. You're like, uh, no, <laughs> it obviously is not. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, it's remarkable movie. Um, and then next up, uh, last but not least, I know people are going to fucking laugh and I'm going to get a tweet from people just saying, Brad, what the fuck is your problem? I truly loved the mangler. I know people are like, ugh, I fucking, I love Toby Hooper's drug-fueled insanity that he pours into his movies. This oh. dude is fucking off his fucking rocker. <laughs> I've never um, seen it. But The Mangler's fucking great. I, and I, I, It's on HD on Voodoo, so I think I'm going to pick that up because the DVD is just released on War Archive. This oh, cool. shit is... Uh, HD on uh, on Voodoo, so I think I'm going to pick that up because it's really it's like a really it's like that wet like gothic looking like kind of like Dark City is in a way, mm-hmm. um, but like uh, kind of industrial rather than kind of uh, I guess more or less New Age gothic like Dark City, but um, kind of nineties wetness like split second and shit like that where everything's yeah. like for some reason like there's a like, leak well, everywhere. Blade Runner did it, so let's just do it in everything. <laughs> yeah, but it very much, like, there's like, leaky pipes everywhere, so everything's fucking wet. <laughs> but, anyways. Nice. Yeah, that's I, my I, five. I remember you talking about the main line. I, I need to see it. And, hey, Brad, I have an original one-sheet for Suture, if you ever want to... Ooh. You know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> if you, uh... Let me get my lips ready. 
Oh uh, yeah. No, I'm I'm thinking like uh, maybe some Vaseline on the hands. Oh damn! Yeah. I I could do that easy. That's yeah. easy. Okay. All right. Coming to Oakland. We'll do it. We'll do. We'll do it in the Phantasm House. No, we'll do it in the Splat House. Splat, splat, splat. Damn. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> uh, all right. BG just came online, so she should be joining soon. She should text. She hasn't texted me yet, but I'll I'll just, I'll just go through mine, and then we'll when whenever she comes in, she comes in. Yeah. That's cool. what she said. I have actually, I have, I have paper here. This is weird. It's ridiculous. All right, so my five. Um, the first one, uh, I think all of these I discovered because of the podcast, which is fantastic. Uh, that's the Screamcast, uh, available on iTunes and uh, over at oneofus.net and any other place you find, find podcasts. Yeah, you're getting better at that, buddy. Good job. <laughs> uh, the first one was uh, Ken Russell's The Lair of the White Worm. I actually discovered Ken Russell because uh, because of Brad. You're because, welcome. Uh, well, we did we did what Crimes of Passion, right? Yeah. And then we you know we talked about this, and he's a weird director. Very he's very uh, fascinated by uh, sex, sex, and you know phallic, giant phallic things. Um, you need to watch the devils, dude. Oh, the de- yeah, we talked about the devils too. We need to find that underrated cut one of these days. X rated, banned, X rated. But uh, Lair of the White Room is out on Blu-ray right now. I haven't watched the Blu-ray yet, but um, as soon as I saw this movie, I was like, you know, this is one of those that I knew that I would end up buying once it, it would, you know, come out in physical form. So, uh, so check that out if you haven't seen it yet. Easy to easy to get right now. It is uh, also you can get it uh, digital. Digitally through Voodoo and it's HD. If you don't want to pony up thirty bucks for a Blu-ray, um, if you just want the movie to check it out, you can rent it or buy it. Uh, it does it? Do you, do you know if that Blu-ray has the archival commentary on it? I think so. so yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a classic commentary track. Nice. So you should you should buy the Blu-ray. There you but, go. Yeah. See, I, I bought it digitally and then I um, have bought the Blu-ray. So I've I've thrown a lot of money at this. Well, he has two copies of it on seven seven twenty p, dude. That's like incredible. Shut up. <laughs> hey, I bought it too, so go fuck myself, right? I still have my VHS of it. I actually watched it the other night. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up is uh, a lizard in a woman's skin. I'd never seen it before, and Mondo Macabro put it out on Blu-ray, and it's gorgeous. It's a you know, full cheese flick. Uh, is top tier Fulci. Is it Fulci? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, wow. I'm actually like, retaining information. This is really <laughs> yeah, but you had to question yourself. That's I know. I know. I'm, I'm getting better. But uh, it's it's a beautiful flick. Like it's probably one. Um, I would say it's probably one of my favorite films of his. It's almost. It may be my favorite Fulci film. Oh, uh, it could be. It could be. Oh, whoa, whoa! Just because it's so different. You're used to thinking about Fulci and you know zombies and and and, and weird stuff, but um, like I, I like how reserved it is. You know. No, Kevin. Kevin Fulci's great. He's Kevin, great. Yeah. Kevin Fulci. Kevin. Dude, Fulci. you know who's even better? <laughs> Who? Kendra. Kevin Russell. No, Kendra. Kendra. Kendra Russell. Kendra Russell's awesome. Uh, Teresa Russell too. That's ridiculous. All right, next. Teresa up. Russell's hot. Then next up, this is a 2015 film, so getting recent, but I feel like not enough people have seen it. 
Oh. And I, you and I, Brad, you mentioned it at the end of 2015, and it was one of the first movies I watched in 2016. But that's uh, it's a movie called Victoria. Oh yeah, and uh, directed by Sebastian Shipper, and it's like I believe supposedly done all one shot, a two hour no, it is. movie done all one shot or one camera. I don't know. I, I but it's, it's 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 one shot, man. It's, it's really I don't, really I, good. I don't I don't really see where there's even too many places where they could make a cut, but those filmmakers promise that's in one take. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, even if it's even if it's spliced together somehow, uh, really really good. One of the best I've seen this type of thing. Um, and there's a gunfight. There's some a gunfight near the end that's just like you know, just how they did this is pretty incredible. If they did do it all in one one take, but it's like but it's, it's, it's not it's, even it's, it's really not even fun. like. But I was gonna say it's it's not even like you know where they're just in a room. There's so much going on. Oh, I know. And there's so many risks, like when she gets on the fucking bike and like stands, it's like, wait a second, this is really awful because if you fall, it ruins the shot. Like, but apparently it took them seven tries. Fake news. No, they just, I, I, you know, there's edits all over the place. Fake news. <laughs> At any rate, regardless if it was how many, if it was multiple takes or just one take, um, it's, it's really, really good. Like it's the the act, the, the actress is, and everybody, the main you know characters in it are all very convincing. You can see like how the situation could unfold like, throughout the evening and everything. Um, really worth your time, worth checking out. And uh, and I, I would, I and I want to see what he's up to next. You know, this director, Sebastian. That's Schipper. cool. It's called Victoria. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I got to check that out. It's like she's uh, is it, she's Spanish. She's uh, she she's in Berlin, um, and it's just her night out meets you know kind of flirting with some guys, and it just kind of goes from there, and things escalate, you know, quickly, quickly, <laughs> in and, two hours. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's it's one of those films I don't want to say anything else about. Just just go along with the ride. Um, it's definitely worth your time, I think. All right. Uh, next up, I had finally. Saw the movie Possession last year. I'd never seen it before. I'd always seen all I had seen was the cover and certain pictures from it. Um, and it's really, really fucking good. So Sam Neill and Isabel Ajani. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well worth your time. Like it's more than just a horror movie. There's a whole lot more going on there. It's more of a psychological, I think, uh, horror movie. And, um, I don't know, it's just, just fantastic. So if you haven't seen it yet, if you've held off, um, definitely check it out. And it's, it's unfortunate, like, cause the way they marketed this, or the way the, the, I mean, the Blu-ray cover, you know, is like a pair of breasts and whatever, like, yeah. <laughs> and then like one of the old one sheets is like, you know, woman's back turn and it's her her ass you know and it's like it's like it's just so much more than any titillation you know what i mean like titillation (laughs) but it's it and that's why i was kind of like had wrote it off in the past before i started reading about it because it just was you know you see those posters and it's just going to be some weird horror skin flick whatever big deal but there's yeah there's way more going on in the movie about relationships and 
uh, how a relationship splitting up and what would cause that and, and the things a couple would go through. Like there's all that discussed in the film and, and, um, it's just, it's just really, really good. It's, it's a good study of kind of like what goes, would go, how someone would psychologically like handle a divorce, you know? So it's, you know, it's, I, I love it when a horror movie will do more than just, you know, try to be a stupid monster movie or, or whatever. Like when it's, tu- when it's touching on, actual like real life and real subjects in a, in a way that's interesting. Like those are always kind of my favorite horror movies. So, uh, and then finally, Brad, you would not show up about this movie and I finally watched it. Uh, it's available over on exploitation TV, but, um, uh, the severed arm. Yeah. Yeah. Top 10 of all time. <laughs> it's really fun. Uh, I know we talked about it on the show. It's from, uh, God damn it. Try to find the date and frickin' Samara is crawling through the frickin' TV. Goddamn ring ads. Samara. Samara. <laughs> Sanmara. Samara. <laughs> you goddamn Sanmara. <laughs> Samara, that's not even a real TV. You can't get, get out have... of my TV. No one uses VHS. No wonder your mother pushed you down a well. <laughs> Anyways, 1973, uh, directed by Tom Alderman. And, uh, I don't know how many people have seen it. This has to be underseen, Brad, but pe- more people need to see this. I'm, uh, hopefully through the ex, through exploitation.tv, a lot more people are discovering it. Uh, it'd be great if this, uh, someday would get a Blu-ray release, but, um, definitely worth discovering if you have exploitation.tv. Check it out. It's on every, said- uh, Mill Creek box set ever. Is it? Mm-hmm. But there's some scenes that, like, if it was in HD would look like when the guy's in the red, like, radio studio. Like, yeah, that would look pretty there's fantastic. There's some really beautiful, beautiful uh, scenes in it. Yeah, if it if it was in HD and if it was on disc, where would I where would I get that from, Sean? If it was on disc, yeah, Grindhouse Video. Disc. Grindhouse Video, that'd be a good place to go. Yeah, if it well, ever man. comes out on Blu-ray, you should definitely pick it up from Grindhouse Video. I'm gonna get possession from Grindhouse Video. I don't, I don't know if they carry it, bro. They do. They Is got that? it. Good. Okay. Yeah. I had a, I got, I got like the weird velvety box set, so. Which was like a total, like, I spent way more money than I should have. <laughs> but it's gorgeous. Alright, that's my top five. Um, BJ for some reason doesn't, I mean, it doesn't have internet, but it shows that she's on Skype. Uh, hold on one sec. I'm texting. I'm almost dead. Almost threw up. Dude, we got so much more to talk about. Yeah, I know, I'm not gonna make it. You gotta make it. You have to. No, I'm gonna bail out early. You're the only one who's seen all these films. Yeah. Alright, here we go. Moving right along. Um, BJ's having some technical difficulties with her internet because of Ohio. Is it Ohio? She's in Ohio, right? And freaking snow. Snow Ohio. But if something happens and she's able to connect, we'll bring her in. Alright, moving along, let's jump into today's featured presentation. Uh, Mill Creek released a Blu-ray of Band of the Hand. Once they were the problem. This is you. Your criminal past. They gave you to me. Now they are the solution. We clean up the park. Next come the streets. Now they're on our side. Let's take the man down. Band 
Hand of the Hand. Rated R. Starts Friday at a theater near you. This is, uh, what, 1988? 86. This is like... It's funny because I saw the the cover of this and and everything and started watching it and I'm like this feels like Miami Vice it would be it would <laughs> take place in the Miami Vice universe and then it's from like was it from the producers of Miami Vice or something like it was that? fucking produced by Michael, Michael Mann. Mann Michael, Michael Mann. Mann produced it yeah goddamn so I was I was wondering I was like oh so yeah it feels like a Michael Mann flick for sure uh but directed by no, no, Paul Michael no, no, Glasser it doesn't feel anything like a Michael Mann movie. No, no, but if it feel like it feels Michael Mannish, like I don't know, like in the the freaking Miami Vice Manhunter days, you know what I mean? It it totally fits uh, the characters and everything. Maybe it's just the clothes and everything, and, and being in Miami. But uh, well, also the soundtrack. But yeah. I'm, I'm sure we'll get to the soundtrack a little bit later. But uh, but yeah, the 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 soundscape definitely sounds Michael Mann. Yeah, Mannish. Yeah. It's mannish, manly. <laughs> mannish. So uh, the 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 plot of Band of the Hand is uh, you have a, a few, a handful of juvenile delinquents. Oh, here we go. Who, when you when you do plot when you do when you do plots, I love it. Are they in a real prison? Or is it like a juvenile delinquent prison? <laughs> like they're they're in prison or something? They all get let out and it's, yeah. Uh, no, it's like a JD facility. Okay, all right. Uh, I don't have, you know, I'm not familiar with those types of facilities, so I don't know. So they, they, uh, their time at the delinquent facility is done. They get let out and, uh, end up being trained out in the marshes of Florida by Stephen Lang. Uh, world, you know, survival skills. And, um, then they use those skills to, you know, Oh my god! Is, are you doing this on purpose? <laughs> uh, to kick some ass with a great '80s soundtrack. Oh my god, dude! That's my that's my review. That's not even a that's not a that's review. Not that's, a review. Like that's, a my, that's, that's my synopsis. <laughs> I do, I do that to Jim on our show too. He like he takes nine hours to say like three sentences about <laughs> like what a fucking movie's about. But no, Sean, you do you did better than Jim. Like you're good at you've done hundreds of these these shows. Uh, yeah, but I you know it's like one of those things like I watch a movie and I enjoy it and but I don't have like retention of like I can't really tell the plot back to someone. I had a friend like that when I was a kid. Like he would always be able to watch a movie and then since I wasn't allowed to watch R rated movies, he would dictate the entire movie to me, like on the bus. Like we we're going if we we're going off to a field trip. Yeah, he, he dictated the entire movie of RoboCop to me, and then I, I eventually saw RoboCop, and it was word for word. Like I guarantee you, this guy probably has a podcast right now where he just, you know, those podcasts where all they do is just tell you the the whole movie. <laughs> right. This kid did it on a bus ride of RoboCop. It was amazing. Yeah, I uh, I work at a middle school and high school. I'm a teacher, and uh, I'll overhear kids um, in the same situation that you just described. Kids that can't watch like the the R rated movie or whatever, and You'll hear one kid describing it to another, and I, I would have seen the movie, and I'm still like, "What the fuck is this kid talking about?" That sounded sounded a lot like your description of Band of the Hand. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brad. Uh, how would you describe Band of the Hand? A bunch of fucking kids kick ass in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. 
It's, you got to uh, mention Stephen Lang, man. You got young Stephen Lang. Here, here's here's the thing about Bannon. Survivalist. No, you, you don't I'm have glad. Stephen Lang. You have Native American Rambo. <laughs> it's true. It's that's really funny because like it's like wait, that's Stephen Lang. That's not you know Billy from Predator. Um, so I'm really excited that people are going to see Band of the Hand because I thought to me I thought this was one of those movies that everybody has seen. Like this movie played on television fucking constantly. Like I grew up with Band of the Hand, so like then I'm like watching and it's like wait. No one has fucking seen Band of the Hand. This is fucking crazy because I remember this being on television all the time. Like, this was a kid's movie, like, kind of. That's what this was, movie felt like. Was that regional, though, because you are you grew up in Florida, maybe? No, no, I just I just felt – are you saying it was just played on television because of that? Yeah, like, what, was it uh, like a local affiliate that would play it? No, no, I'm just saying, oh. like, like, fucking, like, USA and fucking, oh. you know – TNT and shit. Like I remember watching Band of the Hand growing up. Same thing as like Legend of Billy Jean and you know like The Breakfast Club. It was just that type of movie. Yeah. Um. So it's really shocking that a lot of people haven't seen it because I was like, okay, this is like you know when I was announced, I was like, oh, okay, cool, you know, another classic. But a lot of people haven't seen it, so it's kind of cool that people will get yeah. to see this and, uh, and seven twenty p Blu Ray and super cheap. Too. I mean, yeah, that's the thing, like, you know, Mill Creek, like people, you can't ask for much. You, they just, though, they get licensing for the film. It's not like, I don't know. And then they, they slap it on a Blu-ray and it looks decent and they keep the price like super low. So it's like they were sending me review copies. I stopped asking for review copies because I was like, I'll, I'll pay $6 for this. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, they're all the super show. cheap. Like, I'm not going to worry about them having them send me out review copies for these because is you know I, I'll gladly support those releases with my money for sure. But like even what Legend I, of Billie Jean was another one where like I had never seen either, and I don't know how that movie eluded me either. Like how did these movies elude me in 1986? Well, a lot of movies elude you. Not these types. <laughs> it's of the movies, reason why man. this show is successful because most of the movies you haven't seen. <laughs> well, but this one like would would have been like right up my alley in 1986, man. Like there's. It doesn't make sense that I'm. Yeah, but it. to be fair, there, you say this a lot. Where it's like, this is right up my alley. Like, of course it is, because these are movies that you would enjoy. For some reason, you just, like, I don't know. Maybe you're watching too many fucking summer blockbusters. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, of course. <laughs> I mean, dude, I was Top Gun all day, man. Oh, God. <laughs> I saw Band of the Hand before I saw Top Gun. Yeah. Um, but, but see, I never even saw this play on TV. Like, it was, it's it just, it was nowhere, you know? What I, what I mostly love most about Band of the Hand is that this movie is an hour and 50 minutes. <laughs> Easily, this movie could be an hour and 20 minutes. You mean um, the way it feels? No, no. Or you I'm mean saying, there's. I'm saying if any filmmaker, like, you know, it feels like, because not only, like, all right, take take the two things that they do. Take the gun exercises they do uh-huh. and the um, backwoods, uh, like, swamp exercises, mm-hmm. the survival, yeah. montages. That's all they had to do. 
which is is incredible and, that they and, didn't do a montage. Building, because, in building the house, they could have do a montage. That would knock out at least thirty minutes of the movie. Yeah. I wonder if Michael Mann's against montage. Well, that's what I, I was thinking. Is like his Michael Mann movies. I mean, we have fucking heat. That's what sixteen hours and thirty seven minutes. <laughs> um, but you know, it is it it's weird because I watched it again. And it's been a while since I've seen it, and um, I'm watching and I was like. Man, this movie's so long, though. Like, I can't, I, I don't remember it being this long. And it was kind of shocking because it's like, this movie, like, we're not really, even though we spend so much time with the characters, I really don't care if anybody dies. Like, sorry. I mean, I still love the movie, but I really don't give a fuck if any of these uh, kids die. Um, and I, I thought about it, I was like, man, we spent so much time with it. They should have done montages. And had like some, you know, fucking killer 80s song play. And it probably would have been just as effective and the same, same movie. But it's kind of, I do have a respect for the playing the the Bob Dylan theme song. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Mike Mike D, what are your thoughts on Band of the Hand? Uh, Leading up to this, had you seen it before? Uh, I don't remember seeing it before. Um, I remember when it was announced uh, late last year, Brian Sauer was really excited about it. (laughs) Well, you know, it's like 80s movie fetish. Um, And then I researched it a bit um, based on his recommendations, uh, ordered it. Yeah, I got it for like seven bucks. Um, I I really like Band of the Hand. I like it, it as kind of like a... If you took Breakfast Club in like Grand Torino <laughs> and put in like a dose of Rocky and uh, Miami Vice, like it has a lot of elements that that I love yeah. a lot. I do agree that um, the movie itself is long. It is long. Um, I watched it late at night before I had work the next day, and I was like, "Oh shit, I don't know if I'm ready for a two-hour movie right now." But um, but I'll tell you what, man. Like in my opinion, it it flew by. Like I had a. I had a lot of fun with uh with the it moves quickly, with, yeah, with, yeah. Yeah. Um in particular, uh John Cameron Mitchell as the uh as the mute uh skinny white boy, you know, that's kind of mixed up with all the uh <laughs> the Chicanos and brothers in that in that gang. I like John Cameron Mitchell a lot. That's uh Hedwig, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Uh great performance by Larry Fishburne, right? Lawrence Fishburne yeah. as the as What's cream, it? cream, yeah, the name <laughs> is cream. That shit, that's like, that's straight fucking '80s Miami uh, movie. And uh, the soundtrack, man, with um, like the the Prince cuts. Oh, you know what I fucking loved about this movie is it has a non-ironic use of um, so take these broken <laughs> yes. wings, like yeah, like I only expect that song to be used ironically nowadays, right. and just these two like destroyed lovers, like this 14 year old prostitute and this 14 year old, like crack dealer. And then take these broken <laughs> wings. You're like, yeah, these motherfuckers are going to learn to fly again. So yeah, great, man. I, but I, I, I don't think I've ever heard that song used non ironically. You know what I mean? Like, That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, and I, yeah. And I, I, I turned to my wife when we were watching it. I'm like, Oh shit. Do you remember this song? I'm like, this song used to be on like all the fucking time. Like, the like my sonic scape was just take these broken wings like when i was a kid it was at the grocery store in the fucking oh, yeah. car like everywhere and then she goes um she <laughs> she works in a doctor's office she goes oh i hear this song like every day <laughs> <laughs> it's like the shitty radio they listen to uh, so she didn't even 
bat an eye with that uh with that cue. I love uh yeah, there's so much to love. Oh, and hello, it's from the director of the air up there and Kazam. Oh shit. <laughs> so, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. Like well, I, I was gonna let you guys talk about Running Man a little bit. Which uh yeah, you know, he director did. of Running Man. Yeah. Well, well, that's that's a right up that. Sean's alley. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh it's uh Startsky, right? Dave Startsky? Yeah. That's who uh he's he's most famous for playing before he became a director. Yeah. His IMDB is basically just is just Starsky. <laughs> yeah. Uh fantastic. Brad, I don't you're know. you're not a fan of Running Man? I mean I am, yeah, but sure. All right, whatever. I I'm mean, that was the first know. movie I think I heard Arnold Schwarzenegger like swear, and I was like, <gasps> "Yeah." I mean, I don't know how anybody could be a fan of Running Man these days, like considering we're living inside. <laughs> it's <So>. basically happening. <laughs> basically, we're about maybe six months away from a, a, a Running Man tournament. Oh my it's actually god! Actually, happening. Um. The fucking host of Family Feud is our president. <laughs> and, oh, and as of today, he's having a fucking feud with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I know. Hello, we are you in the You can't write running... this shit. <laughs> you can't well, you, write you, this. Oh, you could write this, but no one's going to buy it. <laughs> yeah, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm trying to find out. Somebody was uh, selling the Band of the Hand, or they'd found Band of the Hand soundtrack on vinyl. And I was super jealous. I'm super jealous that, you know, Carlos in the movie can pull off, like, I never really noticed it until I watched it recently again, is when they're out in the, you know, swamp, everybody's, like, adapting with their clothes. Fucking Carlos just cuts his shorts (laughs) to the point where you can just see his cheeks, and it's like, dude... What the fuck, man? You like bend over, your nuts are gonna fucking fall yeah, out. Yeah, well, that short. Yeah, you see the back sack. <laughs> you get the a back good sack. look on Carlos. All the characters are pretty great. Um, there's one character, poor guy. He's wearing a cutoff T-shirt, and at first I was like, I'm like, is this shoulders just really, really dirty because they were in a fight? No, it's hair. Oh, Dorsey. Yeah, oh, poor guy. <laughs> Uh, right. James Remar, James Remar. Yeah. Oh, that, that's what that was, uh. Nestor. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Poor guy. Uh, I, I believe he must have learned how to manscape a little bit later in life. Maybe. No, James, James Remar was not the, the hairy one. I'm sorry. I just put Dorsey. it in. Oh. Dorsey is the hairy yeah, one. Oh, the Al, hairy. Al Shannon. Yeah. Nestor was, uh, Nestor, was he the, uh, He's, he's, he's the like boss. the head, he's guy. head shit boss. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking James Remar. Jesus Christ. Are Sean, we serious you know, right now? I know, Sean. I know, I know. I, I, I'm getting names confused. Fucking yeah. Lord Raiden from Mortal Kombat yes. Annihilation. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. How can I forget that? Hey, Sean knows him as Raiden. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sean knows him as Raiden. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Christopher Lambert is yeah, Raiden Sean knows uh, him as in the first film. Christopher Lambert Raiden. <laughs> 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 Do you, hey Sean, did you go soft tea on Christopher Lambert? You and <laughs> yeah, Lambert. Lambert. To all my can- French Canadian friends, I apologize. I'm not making fun of you at all. Everyone, relax. I think you need to relax. I don't want to hear any have any freaking tweets. 
And I'm not being sensitive to your accents. I'm just kidding. I'm our, our our Scottish friends were just uh giving me shit over my uh Gerard Butler impersonation. So oh, El- Elric Kane came on my show and shit all over Canadians, so <laughs> it's fine. Alright, well what we're saying is everybody, uh Band of the Hand, well worth your time. Uh looks decent on Blu-ray. It's like it's just an HD master they slapped on Blu-ray. But uh it's super cheap. You're gonna find it under for under nine bucks, under ten bucks for sure. Uh, from Mill Creek, and they got some other fun get stuff it from coming Grindhouse out. Video. Get it from a get it from Grindhouse Video. Uh, they have some other fun things coming out soon, right? Um, I guess. <laughs> Let's move on to the other. Josh, where's Josh Obershaw? He'll tell us. I'm trying to Josh? give a shout out to freaking Mill Creek. Are they releasing Teen Witch? <sighs> I don't know. All right, fine. They got well, a, now. They, we'll now we'll you cover it when it comes out. Huh? We'll cover it when it comes out. Okay, fine. All right, Brad. But uh, what I'm saying is, Milk Creek doing some fun stuff. They, you know, people like to make fun of these. Uh, I mean, they're no Echo Bridge or Echo Ridge or whatever the hell that company was. Thank God. I mean, Milk Creek does some pretty decent work with these. Uh, with these, they, you know, they're they're putting out movies that that we'd like to own for super cheap. And that's yeah, they put it out. They put it on DVD, and we're like, yeah. And then it comes out on Blu-ray a month later. <laughs> I know. Huh? You know what? Uh, you know what? Band of the Hand, the Mill Creek release, made me do is I watch. I watch that movie. Uh, it made me. It did make me think of Miami Vice, even though we kind of shit on Sean for for that a little bit. But it made me think of Miami Vice. And then I went and ordered Miami Vice, the complete series on Blu-ray from Mill Creek. So nice. They got my six bucks, and then they took fucking. Fifty dollars. Yeah, I, I had the DVD set. Yeah, no, yeah, that I didn't know. Like, I, I didn't know. Like, I'm like, well, I mean, is, is really the DVD and Blu-ray going to look that much different? It's from, not. From I mean, based on the reviews I saw, but um, yeah, hold on to the DVD set because that's that's pretty sweet, and it's got special features on there. I mean, Miami Vice, great stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, and some great uh, fashion choices in Band of the Hand uh, from around that time period. Really great. I mean, shoulder pads for days. These guys. They all looked like Hillary Clinton, man. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, I think the main dude actually in one scene, like, almost, it looks like a, his, with his hair and everything, it looks like, uh, something Hillary would definitely wear out, out for a night on a uh, night out on the town. Yeah. He looked like a, like a straight to video Zach Morris. <laughs> He's great. All right. Moving right along. Uh, 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 update on on BJ. She got like, she got home and has no internet or anything and is unable to join us. She doesn't even have TV because they you know Netflix and stuff. So God damn it, uh, we'll get her on eventually. It's gonna happen. It's a good it's a good thing she has all that physical media. I know exactly. Yeah, man. Let's jump into stream screams. Nate, wake up. <laughs> There's something very important I forgot to tell you. Don't fucking scream at me. Scream, I'll break your neck. <laughs> Don't scream, miss. Don't scream. Stream screams this week. We are talking about 1988's Fresh Kill. You gotta say it like Joseph Merhill. Fresh Kill. If you thought oh, the kill was good, it gets fresher. 
Man, you, I mean, it's not good, but <laughs> you could totally be a replacement for the Grindhouse uh, trailer dude. When you feel like your kill is going bad, put it in a Tupperware. Fresh whoa, kill. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now you're just being silly. Wrap that kill in saran wrap. Fresh kill. Yeah? You're probably killing Mike right now. Nice. Nah, man. <laughs> no, I'm I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into the the Tupperware Saran wrap. No, I'm. It's great. So good. Make sure your refrigerator is at the proper temperature to keep that kill fresh. Kill. Rated R. When actor Alan Chester left Chicago for Hollywood, City of Dreams, he had no idea the nightmare his life would become. The day he crossed paths with a gorgeous blonde gang mall, his ambitions for fame and fortune quickly turn into a lust for survival. Alan learns that he's been cast in the greatest role of his career, Hero. I want him dead. I want his head cut off. I want his heart chopped up into little pieces. Hunted by a ruthless Mexican drug cartel, led by action sensation Robert Zadar from Maniac Cop and Tango and Cash, Alan must uncover the dangerous secrets his new lover is hiding from him before everything he holds close to his heart is gone. Yeah, I know you for three days, the whole world is after me! At each plot twist and turn, Joseph Murphy's Fresh Kill is a film which leaves Pulp Fiction in its wake. Fresh Kill is a suspense film of a different caliber. Can Alan prevent his beautiful junkie girlfriend from ruining his life? You know, doped up now is a time for sex. Will he be able to prevent his family's bloody demise? I'm gonna hack your parents up in little pieces. Will he ever get another acting job? Will he break a leg? Or lose his head? One thing is for certain, in the world of fresh kill, Alan Chester is a prime cut. Fresh kill. Here we go. So fresh kill is, uh, it's a trauma flick. And it's available right now on nope. Amazon Prime Streaming. Uh, it's on Troma's website, Streaming too. They distributed it. <sighs> right? They picked it up later on. Yeah, yeah they, they distributed uh, Fresh Kill. Yeah, but you make it like here's here's the common misconception though, is that Troma got a lot of money at some point back in like the '90s, early '90s, late '80s, and they bought all these companies that were going out of business, kind of what Lionsgate did. But they redistributed and Troma branded the fuck out of them. Well, if you're a hate Troma, like myself, there's I stayed away from a lot of these movies for a long time because I thought they were produced and you know by Troma. But this like they even slapped Michael Hertz and Lloyd Kaufman's name on it, but it has nothing to do with them. Doesn't take place in Tromaville. They didn't produce it. You know, there's no, like, sperm and cocks in them. Wow. So, oh, dude, you telling me that there's not every fucking trauma movie has sperm and cocks? I, I really, I haven't Mike watched D. a whole lot of trauma flicks other than... What uh, Mike D, back me up. Well, I fucking killer condom and shit. But, yeah. but I'm really thinking about, uh, now that you inspired it, uh, like a trauma beat where you're like, sperm and cocks. And sperm and cocks and sperm and cocks and sperm and cocks. <laughs> like that, that could be that could be a dance hit. Go with Sean's uh, fresh kill yeah. song or whatever he was doing. All right, back. To well, the no, no, no. I'm just saying. I I don't like to when I talk about certain films. I, I don't want to trauma brand them. You know, and it's the same thing. Vinegar Syndrome's releasing a lot of 
old trauma titles that they picked up, like Frightmare and you know Nightmare Weekend. And those movies had nothing to do with trauma. Yeah. All so right. that's a good thing, though. That's yeah. the reason why they're good. Just well, saying. Anyway, this is available on Amazon Prime streaming. If you are a member of Amazon Prime, you'll be able to watch this for free. It looks like it is a DVD rip of a VHS. Nah, man. That shit's straight VHS up in that, bro. Well, it's definitely digitized, I can tell. But, um, but yeah, they digitized the VHS, and it's on there. Um, it's marked HD, and it's not. Brad was all excited because he was like, dude, it's HD, and, uh, Anyway, Fresh Kill. You know, don't make fun of me. All I got is... Uh, I've been trying to kind of think of the plot of this thing, but of course I always tend to, to fuck it up. And IMDb does not help at all with refreshing no. my memory on the plot. Uh, all I know is... Well, the plot's a little... Turn over to you, because it's, it's a little ridiculous. So basically an out-of-work actor work is packing some meat. Mm. <laughs> And he wants to make it big, and he, he stumbles across a damsel in distress that knows a movie producer, and basically ends up with some uh, dealing some drugs, catch up with Robert Zadar, mm-hmm. and it's a fucking shot on video drama. Action like, drama. It, it gets the last thirty minutes, man. Hang out, everyone. If you get bored, hang out to the last thirty minutes. It. Dude, so I don't look, know if anybody's look, bored. Like, I think it's pretty fucking entertaining. It just gets this more This movie's really fucking good. Yeah, the movie's really fucking good. We had our Amazon Prime on. It was like Friday or, or Saturday night. We were showing the kids the new Studio Ghibli show, uh, Ranja. But uh, right after the kids fall asleep, I, was, I, I hop over to Fresh Kill, and I thought maybe there'd be a trailer, and I could talk my wife into it. And there's no trailer on there, so I just pressed play. And then it was like an hour and a half later. It was the fucking. I was not bored. That shit was hilarious and uh, enthralling. And I was texting uh, Sean during it too. We went back and dude, forth there, a couple times. Dude, there's so many. There's so many moments the in the film. <laughs> there's there's so well, many I, I, I moments the in the film. What was the quote? It it was towards about the, the end baby? of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We go, yeah, he goes, how did you meet her? And then the nurse goes, well, I met her a couple months back when she came in for an abortion. She tipped me a thousand dollars. We've been friends ever since. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I'm the boy. <laughs> so gold. Oh my gosh. Script gold right there. I, I was well, like, eat, I was eating salami and I almost choked on the salami I was eating. That came out wrong. Uh, fucking boner. <laughs> fucking bone zone over here, man. Yeah. Jesus. But I mean, I'm glad you guys liked it because there's a lot of there's a lot of things going for the film, and there's a lot of things not going for the film. Like there is so many fuck ups with audio, they didn't even bother trying. Like there's places where the audio just drops out, and the actors are actually talking, but you can't hear them. Yeah. And that's not an Amazon Prime issue. That's the fucking VA just as well. I was wondering about that man because it it. it... It goes to sounding like uh, it switches over to like something recorded on a tape recorder, like you know, just like someone had yeah. a tape recorder going in the background. They just happen to catch <laughs> a little bit of the dialogue. It's, you know? it's it's really bizarre. I mean, but th- that's the thing is with with some of these films and and this uh, director, uh, big time producer. Well, I say big time. He did all a bunch of shot on video <laughs> stuff. 
But, um, you know, this dude was pumping out movies constantly. They didn't take any time because they were basically what happened is that he was in, he got in the market way too late and he was able to find, you know, at least be able to make some money. But it was like at the turn when we were just hitting the 90s. And it was harder to market things on VHS because even though VHS was still strong at that time, um, sometimes the, the, the movies weren't. We were getting better produced indies and you know bigger bigger uh, you know films in the nineties. So a lot of these shot on video films, you weren't able to, like trick the people that came into you know uh, the store. Like you know we had fucking you know all these like really well-made movies in the 90s, and then you had his shit on the shelf. Uh, and he just he just was pumping this stuff out. I mean, he had he has a mic. Actually, I probably want to yeah. save it for the show. But it's called Dance or Die. And it's okay. really fucking good. Like, really, really good. Like, as far as, like, you know, amplify, like, you know, fresh kill a little bit. But he also has, like, all these fucking L.A. movies. Like, all these fucking movies are set in L.A., and L.A. is in the title. Like, I can't remember them all, but LA I just Crackdown, remember like L.A. Crackdown Two, L.A. Heat, yeah. L.A. Vice, East L.A. Warriors. Well, his wow. new one came out Thank too. You. L.A. L.A. Land. Oh man, <laughs> he did. Oh, he shit. did. L.A. L.A. Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but <laughs> he has, right now, and they also is googling L.A. L.A. Land. <laughs> so they have. Uh, he has also this horror film. It was one of the actually very first VHS tapes that I bought. I was uh, I was starting to really like get into just going to video stores and buying like you know tapes that were on sale, and we had a video. Our store down here was Video Hut. I don't know if Video Hut was global, um, global like it's some big fucking thing. <laughs> um, but they had uh, the Newly Deads, mm. and I was like, oh my god, what a fucking clever title! And I just fucking fell in love with this movie. And that's actually one of the films he produced. I don't know if he directed it, um, but this guy, like, even though he's did a bunch of movies in the eighties, like late eighties, early nineties, like this guy, like, stood out to me even like even today. It's like you know he was really passionate about doing all these movies, but he did them so quick. But like, even though he was dishing out like ten movies a year, like he was able to make something entertaining and worth my time, which is I think crazy because you have that many movies. Um, not all of them are going to hit, but I mean, not saying they're good either, but dude, they're a lot of fun. Well, Fresh Kill is a good movie if you like kind of uh, slow-mo gun deaths. And, uh, cause there's the one where they're him and the, his, uh, him and the girl are by the, by the river, right? And, uh, some, you know, bad guy happens upon them. And he just starts shooting the gun and you see like two squibs hit and the guy just falls back. Oh, and he falls in the water and like he's, He's <laughs> cutting back yeah. to the gun. Bam, 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 bam. You know, the guy's like falling and in the water, Wait. and he's still shooting the gun. That's fantastic. It's like feel yeah. more and then he's squib stuff. It's a little piss stream of like a river too, but <laughs> yeah. the, the 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 current fucking carries his fat dead body like all the way down it. You know, this is a great movie though, not just for people who like gunfights and you know John Woo video ripoff stuff. This is just a great movie for anyone who likes uh, movies. There, like, there's so many fucking helicopters and cocaine, oh, and man. just like Sean said, the gunfights. There's fucking. There's like. There's everything. 
they, the characters are constantly like drinking and yelling at each other, and it it is it's fabulous. It's too fun. Dude, the slow mo where he starts ripping up the cocaine bags. <laughs> oh my like god, that so is so fucking dramatic. That, that dude, he gets be... more cocaine in his face than he does like on the <laughs> That has to be like some of my favorite on screen uh cocaine use in a movie ever. Is because they're on the set of like fucking Hey Dude or something, or the or the ranch <laughs> yeah. with Charles where Charles Manson used to stay and he he tears open those bags of coke like he's the fucking like hulkster dude and the cocaine flies everywhere he looks like he has fucking Amadeus's powdered wig after that <laughs> it is so funny that shit I was I, I literally stood up and like I I was oh I was just doubled over laughing so hard <laughs> you have to watch this movie if you like comedy if you like drama if you like Robert Zadar oh, looking man. like a fucking action star like that dude looked he he looked cut man he was yeah he looked good yeah I, mean, I was I was wondering like when in how early in career in his career was this movie I mean he was oh, doing shit like this though. Yeah, it's after Maniac Cop. It's uh, around the time he was shooting those uh, Amir Shervan movies I love, like uh, Samurai Cop and Killing American yeah. Style. So. It was, it was, it was but he, he's, so it had been right after Maniac, around that time, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but he Robert Zadar has been doing movies like this since the beginning. Like, he, he's, he's never been, like, you know, he was in some, you know, bigger titles, like, you know, fucking, what, like, I can't think of Tango it, and no. Cash. Yeah, Tango, Tango and Cash. And Tango and Cash? Yeah, yeah, he played, uh, yeah. Face in that. But yeah. he played, um, but he, he was in a bunch of shit like this. I mean, Master 2 and Beastmaster <laughs> Cherry 2000. Well, he takes over, um, uh, you made a Hell Comes to Frogtown joke earlier today on the phone. He plays, uh, oh, shit. he plays Hell yeah, in he, the later, he plays uh, Frogtown uh, Sam movies. Hell. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I think this is the same year, too, 1988, where he was on an episode of Growing Pains. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. You should look it up. There's literally a scene in Growing Pains where it's Robert Zadar, Alan Thick, and fucking Brad Pitt. And your, your like, little cinema-loving head will oh explode seeing all the titans of industry. Alan Thick, R.I.P., right? Yeah. Yeah, one of the best, one of the best TV dads ever. Yeah. Never watched an episode of Growing Pains. Yeah. Fact. Um, so. uh, this movie's great. I love. <laughs> I love that he. So it starts off in Chicago, and I just went to Chicago for the first time uh, a couple years ago. So when I see this video footage, I'm like, oh look, you know, we went down there, and look, there's the Steppenwolf Theater, and da da, and uh, and then all of a sudden it cuts to L.A. and I'm like, what the what the fuck? Like, were they doubling Chicago for L.A.? But then there's a scene that <laughs> explains exactly what's going on. He's uh, he's called into an agent's office to audition for a, a film. And right when they see this guy, in the, in the main actor, you know, he's a good-looking, uh, kind of generic 80s white boy Italian guy. And uh, right when they see him, they're like, nope, he's not, he's not right for the part. And he's like, well, you sent for me, you know, from Chicago. And I'm like, oh, okay, so now he's in L.A. But, <laughs> but they go, well, you can't get the part because you're not a midget. And then you're like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> And then there's a bunch of midget shit going on uh, that isn't, you know, totally woke nowadays. But then they send in the next guy who's also obviously not a midget, but they don't fucking shame him right away for his height. You know, I just 
felt like our boy, our main star of uh, Fresh Kill, should have gotten a, a better chance. I think so. Give the guy, give him a break. Yeah. Oh, what about the hooker that stabs the 10-year-old kid? <laughs> oh, my God. I fucking love that shit. That's, like, right after the midget scene. Is There's these li- there's this little fucking, like, uh, Mexican street gang, like, running uh, circles around these uh, daytime prostitutes trying to sell them chicle or something. And then the daytime prostitute just, like, knifes this little kid. And then the camera stays on him for, like, 10 minutes. It's one of my favorite things in cinema ever. Just watch I just Fresh like Kill. The, the meat cleaver to the forehead. Oh, that's great. Oh, oh, I love the. What about the the fucking editor, the guy who <laughs> they they uh they break into that guy's office to to uh, to get information on like the drug deal that's going down, and then you're like, as a viewer, you're watching this, you're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He's got like monitors, and he's obviously editing a TV show, maybe. And then uh, the drug dealer guy's like. Hey, what do you do? And then uh, the guy's like, I'm an editor, man. And my wife's oh, like, Oh, God, yeah, he's like... That. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's like got his back turned to the um, like <laughs> yeah. camera. He's like, I'm an editor, man. And it's like, <laughs> it serves no purpose whatsoever. No, but it's great. Well, you get to see, uh, you know, behind the scenes what it's like to edit back in the 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Right? Yeah, yeah. But without, without so, missing a beat, uh, my wife turns to me and goes, There's that name again editor and i was like yeah you're you're pretty you're pretty great you're pretty great that's pretty funny fantastic give kudos, give, give kudos to your wife for saying that i'm gonna give her kudos and cooties oh with man my wee wee whoa whoa <laughs> so fresh whoa, kill it's on amazon prime streaming right now check it out you will uh you gather some friends and uh and and watch it with uh with uh, the Beverage of your choice would be my, my recommendation. Yeah. It would be a really fun Friday night for sure. All right, gentlemen, let's move into uh, VHS. Oh, my God. The King. Well, here we are at last. Right where we ought to be. Video. Oh, my God! Yes. So this uh, this flick couldn't possibly come at a better time. Uh, this film that Brad recommended is from 1987. It's called Summer Camp Nightmare. Summer Camp. Sports. Hiking. Fun. Summer Camp. When mom and dad are not around. Summer Camp. Nightmare. Say anything to anyone. It's directed by Bert L. Dragon. Dragon? Dragon? Wow, that's a good name. It sounds made up. Has to be a made up name. But the film uh, follows a you know group of campers heading into summer camp. And, um, you know, for a summer of fun and, uh, summer camp weirdness that the 80s always brought. But then it, like, dives into this weird, uh, like, almost, uh, study in fascism and the rise of fascism. <laughs> 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 and I was, like, watching it going, 
holy shit, uh, this is very poignant right now. Because the uh, first thing to do is they, you know, they break down the communication, right? They overthrow the, you know, the the camp leaders. Mr. Warren. Mr. Warren. Uh, they take over the communication going out of the camp. And, uh, you know, and, and everything else. But uh, They even write the letters. Yeah. Yeah, Timmy's like, hi, Mom and Dad. Uh, we we had a uh, we overthrew the camp counselor or the camp. We're <laughs> hunting and fighting and da 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 da. And he's like, no, 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 you can't write that to me. Here, write this instead, dear Mom and Dad. I'm having a great time at camp. <laughs> but where where the hell did this movie come from, man? I never heard of this before, and uh, I'm curious, Brad, when you caught this and how the hell you you found um... it. It's not necessarily a horror film, but it's like this weird. It was in the horror like, section, though. It was it was one of the, I got I got tricked because I was renting all the horror films and I saw that and it was like, oh man, this is gonna be fucking Friday the Thirteenth meets Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> and I'm watching it and I was like, no, this is not with this at all. I actually didn't like the movie when I first saw it when I was younger because it was um, kind of a disappointment. Right. Um, but it wasn't until later, till I bought it like on VHS, um, you know that I got to watch it again because I, I had it and I was like, Oh man, I can't really remember this movie. And I rewatched it and I was like, Holy shit. I was like, I actually enjoy this movie. It's not what you would think it was. It's going to be, it's not rough. It's not anything like that. Um, but I remember the tagline like on the box was, it was like, dear mom and dad, the camp director is gone or dead. Um, the like everybody's like all the adults are like locked up um and everybody's out of control but i'm having a wonderful time <laughs> like that was like the tagline to the movie or something like that and um i was like uh that sounds amazing like um but it was just you know you watch it and it, it turns out to be kind of like a like a kids drama like a kids like lord of the flies yeah. type shit um, where it has a couple moments that are like, oh shit, but for the most part, it's very tame. Um, but like, it tries to be a horror film at times, it seems, but then it just completely goes the opposite direction. Um, but yeah, I stumbled across it when I was younger and then, you know, rewatched it again. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it's just a fun, it's just a fun little movie. And, uh, one thing I, really really like about it is uh, it has actually an actor um tom fridley uh tom fridley it blows my mind he didn't have a bigger um career because i've never met a dude that is so charismatic so stupid and just like everything he does if you don't know who he is he plays court in jason lives friday the 13th part six He's the guy with shredded jeans who tells the rock story and ends up getting the fucking knife in the ear in the RV. Spoiler alert. Any, anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. So anyways. <laughs> it's uh, been a while since I've John, seen that. I don't remember each kill. to John Fridley played in – he played in Dangerously Close. Um, he played in uh, Phantom of the Mall. Um I mean, dude, he was in uh, he was in something popular too. I can't really remember. But after that, he like just disappeared. 
And he's just such like he's one of the guys that does the because um, Lee Ving did a song for the movie. Um, uh, Lee Ving was the oh shit, what was the band that Lee Ving sung for? Hmm. Oh shit, Mike, where are you? Like, are you I've, fucking? Sleeping? I have no idea. I'm right here. Lee no, Ving? I'm I'm listening. Um, I, I have no shit. idea. Lee Ving, he was in. Uh, Leaving Las Vegas. No, he had... I hate you so fucking much. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, the only trouble with women is the mouth don't stop. That song. Okay, here we go. Oh, Beef shit. Bologna? Yeah, Beef Bologna was the song that he did, and that's the song that John Fridley sings, or um, Tom Fridley sings right. during that scene. But Lee Ving's in fucking Streets of Fire. Fear. He's fucking Fear. Thank you. Hard, Jesus yeah, Christ. L.A. hardcore punk band Fear. Yeah, and then he had a band. Like, he was fucking, they were banned on SNL um, when Fear Fear played. And they had an uh, album called Beer, which is their most, I think, most their most popular <laughs> album. But, um, yeah, they did this song, fucking Beef Baloney, he did. And that's the song that Tom Fridley sings, and it's the best part of the fucking movie. Oh, when they're doing the he's little like, talent show type thing, right? <laughs> yeah, and then Chuck Connors, Mr. Warren comes right, up and he's right. like, This is trash. Like this is this is terrible. But um, you know, he's just like you know who Tom Fridley is now? Yeah, I got it. Like he's always like chewing gum, he's got that one fucking earring and he's yeah. like, Hey man, what's going on? <laughs> like but like everything he's in, he's that fucking character and I love it. He's a fucking karate kid. Like, you know, and it just kinda bums me out. He didn't have a bigger career because he's such a like a charismatic asshole. Like I just love when he's yeah, on he's, screen. Like I, he's the one ahead, that Mike. accidentally kills. He's the one that accidentally kills Kurt Connors, right? That runs. They run the in, runs into a knife. Yeah, he's, he's the, the one with the knife. Kurt Connors, Chuck, Chuck Connors, Connors. Bro? or Chuck Connors? Excuse me, I was thinking fucking Spider Man. Sorry, Kurt Connors <laughs> is the lizard. And Spider-Man, Chuck Connors. I've been doing that for for days. I'm like Chuck Connors, Kurt Connors, Chuck no, Connors, I baseball player, that... Kurt Connors, lizard. <laughs> The anyway. guy that stabs Chuck Connors is the dude with the long hair. Tom, Tom Fridley doesn't have long hair. He's got like a curly hair up top, kind of a mullet thing going. But I think the guy that stabs Mr. Warren is the guy with the long hair that has the black T-shirt. That's Tom Fridley's buddy in the movie. And maybe, maybe Tom Fridley is the one who has to come explain it then. I don't know. Hey. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture, picture him. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, dude, I he's can't fucking core and fucking Jason lives, bro. It's all I do when I watch Jason lives is watch the Tina. James Bond opening. I just watch the James Bond opening. I just watch the opening scene, and then he does the James Bond thing, and then I rewind it and watch it again, and I do that for two hours, and then I turn it <laughs> off and I say, "Jason I lives it. is like the best fucking Friday the Thirteenth movie." It's when yeah, fucking Tommy except- Jarvis returns. It is played no, by I like Tom Mike Matthews. No, I like I like Corey Feldman. All right, I'm a Feldman man. I'm a Feldman man. God, I'm a Feldman man. I feel like you guys are missing out on some very important shit if you can't remember beat by beat of fucking Jason Lives. Sorry, like it's it's the best fucking Friday the Thirteenth movie. I do remember Jason Lives. Tommy Jarvis. They go to the grave site, and then Jason pops up. And then he does the James Bond opening, and then I rewind it, and then I watch it again. That's exactly what happens. It's like 
that that's the best part about fucking Jason Lives that it's so fucking comical. Right, it's, it's like Groundhog it, Day because it keeps happening over and over again. It's it's oh they go to the God. graveyard, then there's James Bond opening, then it rewinds, and then you watch it again. It's like Groundhog <laughs> Day. It is. It's the comedy. I, no, I'm with you, Brad. 100. percent Love you, buddy. Fucking <laughs> Tony Goldwyn's in the fucking movie. Tony fucking Goldwyn. I feel like I feel I feel betrayed right now. I've only really seen do. Jason Liv- Lives once. <clears throat> So let's back to summer camp nightmare. <laughs> no, I I don't even know if I can continue. <laughs> Did you guys hear that they canceled the Friday the Thirteenth movie? Yep, they just can't seem to Again. figure out how to get how to put a guy in a mask and have him kill campers. So hard, Paramount. They just, dude, they just need to give Platinum me. Dunes. They need to give me the script. Sean knows my idea. Fuck yeah! Just let me do it. Oh man. Just let me do it. All right, so uh, back, back to fun, fun little there. fact. Relax, relax, relax. I was talking <laughs> to Jason Murphy, which was on our show a few few uh, nights ago, or a few nights ago, a uh, few few weeks ago, and uh, we're working on a project together. And we were just talking about the new Friday the Thirteenth, and then he was like, "You want to hear my pitch?" And I said, "Yes." Well, he pitches it. It's almost identical. To what I thought about, but he has one extra thing that makes Whoa. it a lot more important or a lot a lot better, really. Um, yeah, I'm just saying, Paramount Platinum Dunes, Michael Bay. I know you're listening. <laughs> if just give it to me, I promise. I promise. Just do the. Make sure you do the James Bond opening though, because I'll watch that shit. I like it. Well, here's here's the thing. Here's the trick. Yeah. And this is my this sure. is this is this is this relax. This is my this is my catch. Is that it's not a sequel. It's not a it, it's not a sequel to the new movie. It's not a prequel of that. It's not a sequel to Jason Ten. Mine takes place between seven and eight. Oh, Let that blow shit. your is your mind blown yet? Because some people don't oh, know mind? about secret. Yeah, did it blow you? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, you blew the shit out of blown? me a couple months ago <laughs> yes. when you, you 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 told me that shit. I, I was just keeping it quiet. <laughs> oh well, you're welcome. Don't fucking yeah. steal it. No, no, you're welcome. I kept it quiet, bro. I didn't even say anything about how the Republicans were trying to get Jason to run on their platform, man, and how they were going to make him <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the new Reagan. I didn't. I didn't say that, did I? No, that was your idea. Because that yourself, already happened. Buddy. That's it. <laughs> All right. So, All right, uh, so summer back camp to nightmare summer camp. was based, talks a lot more interesting. based on a novel called The Butterfly Revolution. By William I think it'd be really funny if they just called the movie that because no one would definitely see it then. Well, exactly. There's there's no way they would call the movie the Butterfly Revolution at all. <laughs> um, so they, you know, of course they marketed it as more of a horror movie, but I think it's a pretty solid like. Not it's not a horror movie at all. It's 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 a pretty solid like kind of thriller or drama, you know. And it, it's like you know it's like a kids version of 1984 in a way. Oh yeah, no, you're you're spot on. It's definitely Orwellian, and you yeah. uh, you already compared it to to a lot of the ideas in Lord of the Flies. Yeah, and, and it, it is two, like and, Lord and of the, the Flies. Year 2017. Just compare it to the year 2017 mm-hmm. as well. 
And it, uh, yeah, in the year 2017, exactly. <laughs> it is, it is very similar to Lord of the Flies with kind of uh, an Orwellian lens. I was thinking Animal Farm mm. when, uh, when I was watching it, but, um, no, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, when the title, when the title card came up saying it was based on the butterfly revolution, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but, um, did either of you guys ever look at that source material or? No, I'm, I'm actually, I'm curious. But, I'd like, I'd like to check it out for sure. Yeah. I never heard of it. And I never even heard of the, the film until y'all, uh, y'all sent it over. Yeah. Well, apparently the book and the film are, are different in certain ways. Like they took some liberties with the film, like, like most film ad- adaptations do, but, um, but yeah, it it still maintains like, you know, kind of this overthrow of, of of the leaders of the camp, and uh, brings in kind of a, a little bit of a revenge factor near the end with the girl, the girls in the camp as well. So it's, I mean, it's it's cool. Like I, I definitely, you know, if you can track this down, it's on YouTube. Uh, you know, track it down and, and give it a watch. And I, it's one of those films that, especially now, like with everyone talking about like Orwellian stuff and you know, or the rise of fascism and all this stuff. Like, this is something that is definitely ripe to be rediscovered. I'm not saying to, you know, to try to cash in on the rise of fascism in America, but I'm just like, like Twilight Time is trying to market their their movie Blu-ray of 1984. But you know, uh, some company should come. Oh in yeah, that was give this a that was this terrible. A yeah, they they were marketing 1984, and then the the second John Hurt passes, I got an email <laughs> from Twilight Time. Saying that you can get 1984 for like 20 bucks this Jesus week, Christ. I was like, "Come on, what the fuck?" Number one, 20 bucks still a little too expensive. Drop it down to 15. We got a deal. Number two, uh, bad timing. Twilight time. And time Damn. is a name you should know better. Yeah, more like toilet time. Like it's funny because the book, Ooh. the book was people were buying it, but nobody was marketing the shit out of the book. It was just like everyone was watching Trump and everything and going, holy fuck, I've heard about all this before. Oh, that book, 1984. Yeah, we should probably read that. Yeah, maybe we should read Animal Farm too. Uh, and everyone's, you know, buying all that shit up because, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the next four years and, you know, we're going to have to overthrow a uh, fascist uh, dictator with our bare hands. But, uh... You know then, who reads You know who reads Animal Farm in 1984, Sean? Who does? Every fucking kid in high school. Like, how do people forget this shit? Well, they're reading it again because, like, oh fuck, I read this like a while ago. I better brush up on this because this could be important. <laughs> <laughs> but I would add uh, add this to your list because it's it's actually uh you know it's actually pretty. I thought it was pretty thought provoking, uh, and it's not like I was expecting just a cheesy summer camp movie, and like the you know the the fact that they take it a different level and you know I, I probably would have dismissed this if I would have seen it as like a kid or a teenager. But now as an adult, like, you know, watching it and, you know, I, I really, uh, yeah, I, I, I was expecting to hate this movie a lot. Like when it started, it starts off with the, you know, cheesy summer camp singing and everything on the, on the buses. I was like, oh God, I'm gonna have to watch this. But, uh, the moment things started happening, I started, started seeing what was going on. Like I got sucked in. So yeah, I, it gets a high recommendation, recommendation for me. You guys, would you say you liked it for what it is? I like it. I like just, it. Oh, you just straight like it? Oh, like that's it. great, man. I look that's cool. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, you have caused me to stop to catch myself before I say that. Is that true? It's totally true. I catch myself every I, time now. I, I, you know, you said it last show. Yeah. It, oh, did he? And I caught myself. Uh, 
Not to say that. It shows that Mike listens to the show. Yeah. Like um, listen to the fucking no, I, I make fun of him. I, oh, come on, Splatcast. Come on, I listen to your fucking <laughs> stuff. One of my top favorite things ever was your episode on vinyl. We talked about that, didn't we? Yeah. And then, uh, that really inspired me. No, I listen to you guys every fucking week. Stop it. But, um... Whatever I'll you be do, at dinner. don't uh, just because you listen to a podcast and like Alex Jones was on it and you and Joe Rogan and it was a kind of a weird conversation. You're like, holy shit! Don't 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 ever check out Alex Jones's show at all ever. Holy shit! Run away. That's uh, that's my that's <laughs> public service. Yeah, I, I saw you. Get, yeah, I saw you getting excited about that. I'm like, wait till he goes down the rabbit hole. Oh my god! But, um, anyway, sorry. But- you know, I'll, I'll be at dinner and my wife will say, Hey, how do you like your food? And I'll say, I like it for what it is. And I'm, <laughs> I'm adapting it. Uh, I'm adapting it as my, my catchphrase. When I work with kids now, they're like, Hey, did I do a good job, Mr. Delaney? I'm oh, like, man. you did a good job for what you did. Oh, you know? man. Just, wow. I just give it to them. Yeah. Well, you might as well crush that early, right? <laughs> yeah. Cocksure idiots running around. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's summer camp nightmare for VHS. Oh my God. If you, if you track it down, give it a watch, uh, you'll like it. Like I said, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's on easy to find on YouTube. So, um, wish, uh, it'd be fun if people could rediscover it, you know, legit ways. I'm not sure. Like uh, some of these movies, I'm like, well, the rights up anyway. Like, is it, you know, like, is it, um, what's the word? I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here. Like just unavailable? Not Creative Commons, but um, you know. Yeah. Well, public, public domain. domain. Public domain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if this would be public domain or because the, you know, because all these um, a lot of these movies are still have a life because of, we've talked about this before. Like a, a lot of these movies still have a life well, because of YouTube. My, you know, in there I can see my tape. I can see my tape. It's Embassy. Embassy. Oh, okay. So Embassy was bought by MGM. So this could easily be a okay. Scream Factory or. Oh, um, man. Ooh. I'm pretty sure M- Embassy hey, was built uh, bought that, by MGM. Don't mention Scream Factory. Hey, Arrow. Psst. Arrow. Check this shit out. Wait, I thought you were the official podcast of Scream Factory. Why would we not mention it? <laughs> <sighs> this is a long story. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm, all right. Well, yeah. I think that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Mike, thank you for joining us. On the Screamcast. Tell us Thank a little bit about what you have uh, going down. You guys oh, just released Jesus. a podcast. Didn't he already on, fucking do that? They just released a podcast on Beyond the Door. Yeah, Beyond the Door. No, uh, Beyond the Gate. Beyond the Gates. Last Beyond the Door is full yeah, channel, right? Last filmed by, yeah. Uh, with, um, yeah, yeah, we have uh, Jackson Stewart on. We have his co-writer, Stephen Scarlatta. We have uh, Patrick Bromley from uh, F This Movie and Daily Dead News. He, uh, it's, it's a great episode. It's really fun. Um, and then if you've never listened to our show before, I do say maybe start with the episode on the pit. That might be my favorite episode, um, that we've done. We look at a different movie each week. We interview, uh, folks that worked on it, uh, folks that are fans of it. Brad and, uh, Sean is both, oh, and BJ and BJ's boyfriend. Jesus Christ. The whole scream cast, uh, family has been, been on, uh, splat. I almost called it splat cast. <laughs> splat house. <laughs> At, uh, at some point, uh, it's really fun. It's a, it's a little bit more, um, comedy based and less, uh, 
less like a film school, but um, but we try to do a mix of of everything. So it's it's for people that love movies, people that don't necessarily know movies, people that are uh, just trying to discover something new. We're we're trying to trying to give it to them. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's what we have going on. And then uh, in two weeks, we drop some new shows. We're doing Sean's favorite movie, Hobgoblins. Oh, we boy. talked to uh, Rick Sloan, the director. We we're talking to uh, Larry Blameyer. He did Last Skeleton of Cadavera. We're doing a Plan 9 episode. We're doing a, a, a big hard ticket to Hawaii with, uh, I think Brad's coming by for that one. And we have his buddy, uh, Rocky Juarez doing that. Uh, oh, and then I am a ghost is our, is our last one. We talked to the whole cast and crew. Sweet. So some cool stuff. Yeah. Damn. You know, one thing we forgot to mention is Penelope Spears wrote Summer Camp Nightmare. I meant, forgot to mention. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's, we that shit crazy? On that one. Yeah, that is yeah. that is totally fucking crazy. Yeah, um, yeah, but totally on brand for her though, and what she was uh, what she was doing at the time. Oh wow! So, well, no, I mean she yeah, had so much like Holly- she had like dudes in like Hollywood Vice Squad and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, but under under her belt before she like went into you know uh, the documentary. I mean, I guess she already started the documentary. Because she, she started, that oh, yeah. was like one of her first projects, right? Was like, uh, oh yeah, the decline of Western was, civilization. I, yeah, that yeah. was nineteen. Yeah, is eighty one, wasn't it? Eighty one was decline yeah. of Western civilization. Part two is eighty. Yeah, eight, so this is like this is like right before she did Wayne's World, just a few years before she did Wayne's World. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she jumped. Man, that's a that's a crazy jump. That's pretty cool. No, it, it, it makes a lot of sense because she wrote Suburbia too. So writing Suburbia uh-huh. and then doing, then doing, uh, writing Summer Camp, Summer Camp Nightmare. She did the screenplay, so I'm thinking the story was already done, but her kind of take on it, like, it makes sense because she's dealt with so many. And if you, and if you see the whole, uh, decline of Western civilization, the, how she treats, like, the, those, uh, the, the third one, the punk kids, like, she has, like, an understanding of, you know, of rebellious youth, you know? So. Well, here's, here's the thing, and, uh, this is breaking, because I don't know if this has ever been really, uh, said there is actually a movie that she directed that is buried. Um, they they filmed it. Um, it was edited. It was finished, and then Penelope Spears didn't want to go for distribution. It never screened anywhere. She was ashamed of it, and she hates it. Uh, so the prints were destroyed. Everything. Um, however. Uh, Someone, I, I shouldn't say the name because it shouldn't really be known because you get them in trouble, um, knew about the film being made. So he contacted pretty much everybody on um, on the set that worked on the film and finally got to the editor. The editor actually had a tape, uh, a tape master of it. And with much persuasion... Um, they let him have a copy. And so this gentleman has a copy of a unreleased, and basically, dude, I would safely say maybe only under like 50 people have actually seen this movie. Um, I was just the right place at the right time. My buddy who also had a copy was like, hey, you want to see something that you'll never get to see? And I was like, yeah, sure. Show this movie called Band. And it was uh, basically a bunch of punk rockers that record a record in a um, 
uh, recording studio and it's a haunted recording studio and they get possessed. Um, it's really fucking good. It's really great. It's very funny. Um, it's cornball-y. Like, it's, you know, has some really great gore. Just all around, just really fun movie. But Penelope Spears will obviously never release this movie. Hmm. It's it's a shame because it will never get released because all the prints are destroyed. All that stands is, like, a really fucking sloppy VHS. So it's one of those movies that is literally, like, made, you know, people put their hard earn money and, you know, a lot of work into something. And then it's just never released. And it makes me sad because I know that there's a lot of movies like that, you know, um, that get lost during that time or they never found distribution and they just sat as a ma- master tape on the shelf and then never heard of seeing it again. Um, kind of depressing if you really think about it because I'm sure that yeah, there's thanks, a lot Brad. of movies. Yeah. No, that's yeah. that's well, end on a depressing note. Well, the thing is, like, uh, you know, James, uh, James Bryan had, had two films, um, that were never released, uh, until recently, which is a good job for Bleeding Skull guys, because they did Run and Cody Run. And, you know, when they found that master tape, that was the only thing that existed. Yeah. And for some reason, this dude had a master tape in his trunk. Uh, of of his car, of this movie that fucking James Bryan did, and they contacted James Bryan to do some stuff on the film. They did, and then while they're doing that, Zach Carlson's like, hey, what are all those other tapes? And he's like, oh, that's my other movie I never finished. <laughs> and so, like, you know, this movie Jungle Trap was lost for a long time, and eventually, you know, at least the Bleeding Skull guys got with James Bryan, fucking edited the movie with him, did a new soundtrack, and now that's getting released, which is great. But, I mean, just think of all those instances if you didn't have people like that going after movies. Now, for our next act, you're going to love them. Okay. The group of guys have been working for a long, long time. I think you're going to find them fine as wine. They're as good for you as a morning jog. So put your hands together for the horn dog. Acting like that in front of young children. Ladies, I'm afraid I must please ask you to file into the buses and return to Camp South Pines immediately. And I'm afraid to say... 
The dance planned for this weekend will have to be canceled. What a gonad! Well, that's going to do it for this week's show. I want to thank all of you guys for listening and supporting the podcast. If you would like to support our podcast, you can donate through the donate button over at thescreamcast.com. You can also check out our sponsors, of course, Vinegar Syndrome and Coffee Shop of Horrors, Grindhouse Video. Uh, check all of them out. And we want to thank Wolfman of Mars for the flicks, for the, for, for the flicks, for the music. And uh, Kevin Spencer for providing the artwork. Check all them out. Check all of them out over at thescreamcast.com slash sponsors. And we also have a store. You can support the show that way. We have some pins. So check out those pins and buy them for your friends and family. Buy them all, please. Take them from us. I bought them. I love them. Take my wife. No, take it, please. Uh, Take the pins. Just take them. All right. That's it for this week's show. <laughs> Thank all of you. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. <laughs> oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun.